Hello, gems. It's time for another political rendezvous. Welcome to Tea Spilling Saturdays. If you are new here, welcome to our tea room. My name is Jules Jones, and on Saturdays, I go through the biggest political stories of the week. If you are interested in news and politics, I highly recommend you subscribe. I throw a tea party every Saturday at 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. I also encourage you to visit my website, JulesJonesLive.com, for updates. Today is August 12th, 2023, and this is our 40th episode. Today's show is titled, Villains and Heroes. I know, sometimes it feels like we've got more villains than heroes, but guess what? Some of the biggest heroes shine like the, the brightest stars in, in the universe. It is the most incredible thing, the links that so many people are willing to go through and go to in order to make sure that our freedoms are preserved. Now, let's jump straight in. It's shocking what the report by special counsel John Durham revealed about the Russian hoax. Trust me, it's mind-boggling, and that's why the legacy media dropped it like hotcakes. This whole saga turned out to be the most atrocious weaponization of our government in American history, like a crime drama on steroids. Picture this. Seven years ago, President Trump entered the political scene ready to take on the corrupt forces and entrenched interest in Washington, D.C.'s. These guys were milking America dry, and his agenda posed a real threat to their little empire. President Trump promised to put an end to mass illegal immigration, terminate those pesky globalist trade deals, stop the selling of our country to communist China, stand up to the permanent bureaucracy and corporate media, and break the neocon addiction to endless foreign wars. Quite the challenge, right? But here's where it gets interesting. An unelected cabal working hand-in-hand with their chosen candidate, Hillary Clinton, and their media allies launched what can only be described as a de facto coup attempt, the infamous Russia hoax. Their plan? First, prevent President Trump from getting elected. Then, if that failed throw him out of office, or sabotage his presidency. They did everything in their power to undercut his agenda, block his reforms, and mess with his foreign policy. For nearly three years, they ran a massive disinformation campaign, cooked up false evidence to obtain illegal surveillance warrants, and leaked like a broken faucet to tarnish innocent people's reputations. They even dished out a hefty sum for a fictional dossier, hoping to frame Trump with treason. Lives were shattered. And let's talk about the impeachment party. Oh boy, there are quite a few names that should have been impeached by now. Biden, Garland, Ray, Mayorkas, and a bunch of Democrats like New Scum, Schumer, and that valor thief Blumenthal. But wait, there's more backstabbing Republicans like Pence, Christie, and DeSantis. They are in the mix, too. But fear not, my friends, because heroes do exist. There are those who stood up against all odds. The gold mom who bravely exposed the horrible lie that Biden, 
told her. The Minnesota cop in the George Floyd case who fearlessly spoke truths from his heart in court. And let's not forget the courageous IRS whistleblowers. We've got more heroes, too, on the list. The ones who didn't take cheap shots at Trump. Ramaswamy is gaining, and it shows in the polls. Doctors out there speaking out about vaccine injuries, shedding light and truths. And let's not forget those serving our country. And you, yes, you, all of the patriots out there fighting day in and day out for our freedoms, whether it be on social media, whether it be in sharing articles with your friends and family, whether bringing it up in conversations, you, you are going to be what saves this country. But the greatest, brightest light of them all shines on one man who stands out from the rest, President Donald J. Trump. Not all heroes wear capes. Okay, so special shout out to Proudly Deplorable, a.k.a. Rob Pligram Sr., Fleet Admiral James, and Patriot Pinsey for all of their help pulling this show together. It is a lot of work, and they work on this show nonstop, seven days a week, and they just do a better job than anybody. What's so funny is nobody has a background in media, and we just kind of figured it out because we needed to. We needed to have a voice in this movement. We needed to make sure that people were getting the truth. And let me tell you something. Huh, conspiracy theorist for the win. You won't hear that from the lamestream media. No, they're too busy creating more scandals and covering them up. Because once you're caught in a lie, it's very difficult to get out of one. And that's what's happening here. We're winning. Believe it or not, with all of this chaos and confusion and everything going on, this is a losing battle for the left and for the establishment. This is why they are panicking the way that they are. So let's go ahead and spill some tea, shall we? We're going to kick off with uh, the Facebook files by Jim Jordan, because I always start off with Facebook files, and I want to make sure that I read them from beginning to end. It shines a light on the corrupt government that we're dealing with here in America. And, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, okay, we knew this was going on. Why are you so slow to the table, Republicans? Well, the problem is... We've got, again, a bureaucracy, and they aren't doing anything other than their job of exposure. But we've already known all of this. In fact, we were victims ourselves. So until the Republicans start doing something with this information that everybody has known about, I mean, I guess we're supposed to be grateful that they're talking about it. Are we supposed to feel vindicated? Hmm, no, hardly. We've just been telling the truth. So they almost look ridiculous in a lot of ways when they get out there and they start tweeting or they start posting or whatever the case may be, getting on all of these shows, when we need a solution. Okay, so now what? What are you going to do about it? It's great that the memo made it to your desk, but what's your action plan? Mm, this is what the leaders in the Republican Party are going to be faced with themselves on Election Day. Show me the results. So these are the Facebook files. This is part four. You had the FBI who lied about meeting with big tech regarding New York Post Hunter Biden laptop story. 
The internal Facebook documents reveal that an FBI agent made false statements in testimony about the FBI's role in the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop story. This is a thread. It's received already 1.7 million views. It's being passed around. And you are going to recognize one of these names, Elvis Chan. That's right, from the Twitter files. This guy, <laughs> he's everywhere, okay? And he's not the real Elvis, all right? Well, the real Elvis, please stand up. Okay, cheesy joke. All right, I'll get serious. But seriously, Elvis Chan is everywhere. He was the communicator of the FBI. He was the guy that was dealing with all of these social media companies and putting out all of these messages, all of these secret meetings, trying to get accounts removed. This is the guy. Well, this guy has lied repeatedly, and he needs to be held in account for it. You can't just go on doing this type of thing. So here it is, Agent Chan. FBI special agent is the main conduit between the FBI's Foreign Influence Task Force and Big Tech. Agent Chan was in the meeting between the FBI and Facebook on October 14, 2020 the day the New York Post published its story on the Hunter Biden laptop. Laura Demlo is the current section chief of the Foreign Influence Task Force. On October 14th, when Facebook asked if the laptop was real, she responded, no comment, even though the FBI had the laptop and knew it was real. In July, the G Judiciary GOP and Weaponization interviewed Laura Demlo. Her testimony was shocking, revealing that the FBI deliberately withheld critical information from social media companies about Hunter Biden's laptop the day that the New York Post story broke. In her interview, we learned for the first time that the FBI met with Twitter on October 14th before meeting with Facebook the same day. When Twitter asked if the laptop was real, an FBI agent said yes, but a second FBI agent, a lawyer, jumped in, cut him off, and said no further comment. You can read the transcript for yourself. I'm going to pull it up here so we can. The question is, do you recall whether any of these social media companies you were meeting with asked you any questions about it? Answer, I do. Question, and what is your recollection? Who? Answer, so I remember having a conversation with or being involved in a conversation with Twitter, and I honestly can't recall if this was repeated to me. I might have been a few minutes late to the meeting or if... Or if I was, I actually overheard it, but it was, it was relayed to me later that somebody from Twitter, I don't recall who, I'm not sure who, somebody from Twitter essentially asked whether the laptop was real. And one of the FBI folks who was on the call did confirm that yes, it was, before another participant jumped in and said, no further comment. Hmm. But it gets better. Demlo revealed that the FBI then had an emergency internal deliberations to decide how to answer that same question going forward. Someone at the FBI, the FBI refuses to say who, ordered that the FBI would say no comment going forward. So here it is. 
You have Majority Council 1, who made the decision that the FBI would have no comment to the social media companies going forward. Mr. Hansen, so I want to be clear. Ms. Dimlow obviously can answer the question as long as it doesn't get into internal deliberations or advice from a lawyer or anything. Ms. Dimlow, yes, yeah, and unfortunately I can't answer that with any further detail on that advice. Majority Council 1. So you can't tell us who made the decision? Miss Demlow. I can say there were internal deliberations with a number of parties and then, but I can't get into that further. Hmm. Later that same day, October 14th, Facebook met with the FBI, including Chan and Demlow. Facebook asked the same question. Is the laptop real? Now, having its story straight, the FBI responded, no comment. Question. So you said he was one example. Do you recall any other media companies, social media companies? Answer. I believe Facebook. We met with Facebook soon thereafter. Can't remember if it was the same day or within a couple of days. And they also asked, and I said, no comment. That was the, that was the decision we made in those post-meeting deliberations, which is pretty typical. It was an ongoing investigation, and we don't generally comment on ongoing investigative matters when asked. This is the highlighted part. And they also asked, and I said, no comment. Hmm. Did Demlo know that the FBI had the laptop and it was real? Yes. Did other members of the FBI's Foreign Influence Task Force know? Yes. The FBI knew the laptop was real and yet decided it would say no comment. We know what happened next. Twitter and Facebook censored the New York Post story. The Biden campaign secretly set in motion the events that led to the 51 former intel officers, officials, discrediting the story as Russian disinformation. So just weeks before the 2020 election, most Americans either did not hear about the story or were misled to believe that it was the product of Russian disinformation. So here you have news stories out, of course, that are back in all of this. You've got the Republican say Biden campaign exploited former Intel officials to discredit Hunter Biden laptop allegations. Now, let's just pause real quick. If that was you or me, and we had top secret information in a company that we worked for, and it was decided that we lied to everyone in order to get our way, we would be marched off in cuffs immediately, okay? I mean, they wouldn't even give us a blink of the eye. The scary part about all of this is that you have got all of these intel officials who are still walking around with the highest government clearance in, in the land. I mean, nothing has happened as a result of all of this. And now it looks like our government is just trying to buy time. They're trying to appease us by giving us threads, talking points, making the rounds on social media. But when it actually comes to doing something, all they are doing is drawing this thing out to where the statute of limitations will expire. And they can't do anything about it. And you have seen this this entire time. From the very beginning, 
When they first started going after President Trump, they started covering their tracks, slowing down, and interfering in investigations. We've seen that time and time again. It is unbelievable what they have been able to get away with. Now, if we were on the left, if this was happening to the Democrats, let me tell you something. No, this would have never happened, ever. They would have stood there in solidarity and they would have been pointing the finger and having people locked up, perp walked, just like they're trying to do to innocent people. And they would have had show trials like nobody's business. The only show trial they've been able to come up with, which has been a total farce, has been January 6th. But that was part of the whole thing, right? I mean, that was the production they had to put on so that people that weren't following these stories believed it, right? Believed a narrative that it was the American people. The people that are sitting there having these conversations to you with you about a cabal that exists, they're the problems, okay? They're the conspiracy theorists. You are the ones that are at fault. Please. They're just trying to discredit you even further. And they wanted to just prove an example with this whole January 6th thing. But this whole thing has been a setup because of President Trump winning. This is it. Because we elected him. And they said, oh, go ahead. Take out, take out all the targets. Take out all the people, that, the ones that actually did this, that made him president, right? Go ahead and turn the tables on them. And they have. So you fast forward to November 2022. You have Elvis Chan, who is being deposed as one of the key figures in the government censorship regime. He is obligated to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. You can watch the whole deposition here. Now, what I'm going to do, because it is six minutes long, and we have so much to cover, that I'm going to drop this into the chat room so that you can you can see this testimony, and I'm not going to play it for you, um, so that you can see it on your own. But you can see him under oath, lying several, several times. Now, Chan first testified about the October 14th FITF meeting where Denlow said no comment when Facebook asked if Hunter Biden laptop was real. How about the FITF social media company meetings? And the answer is, from my recollection, one meeting with Facebook after the regular agenda had been completing completed, one of the Facebook analysts asked if the FBI had any information they could share about the Hunter Biden investigation. To that, I recall Ms. Demlo saying that the FBI had no comment. Chan was then asked if the FBI had any meetings with companies other than Facebook meetings about the Hunter Biden story. Chan responds that he is confident that he was not part of any meetings with big tech about Hunter Biden. That's right. Question, do you are confident that Hunter Biden did not come up at any other meetings between federal government officials and social media platforms in 2020? Answer, I was confident that I was not a party to any meeting with social media companies where Hunter Biden was discussed outside of the one incident that I told you about. This is the transcript, folks. I mean, you can hear the testimony too. I put the video in there, but this is the transcript. Chan was asked, asked again 
other than October 14th, Facebook, F-I-T-F meeting, if he was aware of any communications between anyone at Facebook and anyone at the FBI related to the Hunter Biden laptop story. He answered no. Nope, he says. And this is the question. How about Facebook? Other than that meeting you referred to when an analyst asked you, asked the FBI to comment on the Hunter Biden investigation, are you aware of any communications between anyone at Facebook and anyone at the FBI related to the Hunter Biden laptop story? No, he says. Completely false. The committee has recently obtained an internal Facebook document proving that Agent Chan had a secret follow-up call with Facebook about the Hunter Biden laptop story on October 15th, just one day after the New York Post story and the first Facebook meeting. Here it is. This is it. I spoke with SSA Elvis Chan, FBI, San Francisco, on October 15, 2020, as a follow-up to the call with the Foreign Influence Task Force on 14th of October. I asked SSA Chan whether there was any update or change since the discussion on the 14th of October, 2020, as to whether the FBI saw any evidence suggesting foreign sponsorship or direction of the leak of information related to Hunter Biden as published in the New York Post story on October 14th. SSA Chan advised that he was up to speed on the current state of the matter within the FBI and that there was no current evidence to suggest any foreign connection or direction of the leak. SSA Chan assured the FBI would be in contact if any additional information on this was developed through further investigation. There's a whole bunch of crooks. Crooks, 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 and more crooks. Those weren't Agent Chan's only inconsistent statements. Agent Chan also claimed in the deposition that he had no internal knowledge of the FBI's investigation involving Hunter Biden's laptop. Now, look at the links they are going to, right? I mean, here you have got FBI that is completely dedicated to protecting Hunter Biden's laptop and protecting, as they wanted to say, election interference. When right now, they are, they are interfering in our elections. Coming up, 2024, they are actively engaged in it. Where is the investigation looking into all of that? I mean, you all are doing your part. I'm doing my part. We're all sitting here trying to get the message out saying, it's happening at this very minute. We don't want to talk about this seven years down the road, okay? We don't want to do that again. That's not something that we can afford to do as a country. This happened a couple of years ago, and we're just talking about this now, when we have got blatant interference going on in our 2024 election happening as we speak. What, in three years are we going to be talking about this too? What a waste. What an absolute waste. We don't need people like that in government if they can't get their jobs done. I'm sorry. We can't just have this vicious cycle continuing to spiral with nothing actually happening. It's not going to work. 
And there won't be a Republican Party left as a result. I can promise you that. They are destroying themselves as a result of protecting the cabal and not speeding this stuff up. They have got the hammer. They have got the house. We gave it to them. We gave it to them. Even though we didn't completely trust them all, we made sure that we had the gavel. And they're not going to do anything with it? Okay, good luck next time around. Good luck in the primaries, because we're not going to forget. We're not going to forget any of this. So you have Agent Chan here, who is lying, again, through his teeth. He's saying those weren't Agent Chan's only inconsistent statements. Agent Chan also claimed in the deposition that he had no internal knowledge of the FBI's investigation. None, including Hunter Biden's laptop. Laptop. I have no internal knowledge of that investigation. That's what he said when asked. None. Sip. Zero. This guy was all over the place. You know it from the Twitter files. He was everywhere. Meeting after meeting after meeting. And I'm sure right now he's probably perched up on his sofa with his, with his dirty tennis shoes up on a coffee table on a comfortable couch, just enjoying his day like nobody's business watching his show. That's what he's doing. He's not worried about a thing in the world. But if you and I had done something like this, if we would have lied under oath, <laughs> knock, knock, knock at the door, four o'clock in the morning, and you would have been arrested for something like this. But the Facebook employee, an ex-FBI agent, wrote the day after the story broke that Chan advised that he was up to speed on the current state of the matter within the FBI. Chan also told Facebook that there was no current invest evidence to suggest any foreign connection of the leaks. Here it is. SSA Chan advised that he was up to speed on the current state of the matter within the FBI and there was no current evidence to suggest any foreign connection or direction of the leak. SSA Chan assured the FBI would be in contact if any additional information on this was developed and through further investigation. They've got the receipts. Of course, there was no evidence of any foreign connection. The laptop was real, and the FBI knew it. The FBI had the laptop since December 2019. So you remember all of this, right? June 22nd, 2023, and you have the FBI verified the authenticity of Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop in November 2019, according to an IRS whistleblower. And thank goodness, when we talk about heroes, mm, definitely. Those are the ones that showed up. Those are the ones that, that really, their life is forever changed. Remember, they worked for the government. They were seeing all of these things that were wrong, and they decided to come forth and say, hey, hey, wait a minute. This isn't what I signed up for, okay? There's all kinds of things that are going on. So the FBI verified. They had no choice but to verify it the authenticity of Hunter Biden's laptop in November 2019, and a federal computer expert assessed that it was not manipulated in any way. Now, this was according to IRS uh, supervisor, supervisor, supervising agent Gary Shapley, who told Congress in an explosive testimony released Thursday. He said, absolutely, they had all this. They've known about all of this. This was part of the cover-up. This was part of making sure that Joe Biden got the presidency. That's how big this whole thing is. 
Is there any wonder why the Biden DOJ has so far stonewalled the committee's efforts to interview Agent Chan? Our investigation remains ongoing and we will continue to update the public with our findings as we prepare and consider legislation to fight the censorship industrial complex and protect the First Amendment. Okay, so what are you going to do about the criminals? (laughs) Does anybody else want to know how he's going to end this? I mean, really? Is this all you got, bud? Read about our latest efforts here. Mm, I've read, I've heard, I've watched the tweets. What are you going to do about it? When are the perp walks, all right? When are you going to, where are the arrests? Where are the impeachments? And that federal case against the Biden administration, that's still ongoing. On July 4th, a federal court granted an injunction prohibiting the Biden administration from continuing to censor Americans. That injunction would stop the government from censoring Americans. Biden's DOJ is appealing the decision. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals will hear oral argument this Thursday. The freedom of speech is at stake to be continued. And again, look at this. Wonderful. Here's everybody, just like me, just like you. You're reading this thing going, okay, all right. Finish with the popcorn. Knew this. Known this for quite some time. What are you actually doing about it? So you've got the rifleman. What are you going to do about it? You've got Shem Horn who's saying, look, I love transparency. Love it. Love Twitter threads. Exposing corruption. Any chance you guys as elected officials can stop tweeting and instead start impeaching people? Maybe stop rubber stamping trillion dollar spending bills until you figure out what the heck is going on? And, <laughs> you know, this is why we've all become so close. We, we have to thank these people in government because we have made some incredible friends out there haven't we i mean seriously we see each other on social media and we're like hey <laughs> i've known you forever i know i know about your kids your grandchildren your grandkids you know your families where you went for vacation all this stuff thanks because thanks to this government that has absolutely done us all so dirty we have bonded like nobody's business i mean look at our chat Look, look at it. It's amazing. You all are friends. You're patriots. We have that in common. We are fighting the good fight. And it, it's really kind of one of those bittersweet things. This is the sweet part that we have these relationships because we clearly know these people that are in these positions can't handle it. They're slowing it down. We've known all of this. They're acting like they're doing stuff. They're not doing anything. They're not. Writing a thread, writing a post, getting on an interview saying, oh, we just discovered this and we discovered that, but they're not giving us what we really want and what we need as as a country. We need to make sure that these people that have, that influenced the last election, that are running the government and running this country into the ground, are shown their due process, that they get them and start prosecuting them and get them out of government, get them out of key positions, make sure that they do not have all of this you know, access to our top secrets. Why? Why? They're running the show. They are absolutely running the show. Everybody, it appears, has something to hide. It's really frightening. 
Okay, so we're going to get right back into the next story, which is going to be, it is a major cover-up. If you are new to this channel and you have not subscribed, I highly recommend you do so. We do this show every single Saturday at 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time with the Gems. We have a great time deep diving into all of this. And really, I mean, we we just kind of get over here to make sure that we cover all the details during the week it goes so quick there's so much news that's out there and it floods just everybody we all have whiplash as a result of one story after another so this is kind of where we start taking them apart and try to see exactly what's going on so if you haven't subscribed please do so love to have you join us And it looks like there's a birthday party going on, CSJ 970. (laughs) I'm so glad to be there, in spirit anyway. Thank you for that. I love hearing what you all are up to on the weekends. Oh my gosh. You know, we do this, like I said, all of us fighting day in and day out. And it gets tiring after a while. I like to hear what, uh, what else you are doing. My big rule is Sundays, I don't even look at this stuff. I go to church. I try to spend time with family and friends. And I just get as far away from it as I possibly can. A birthday party sounds really great right now. <laughs> All right. So it's a major cover-up. And here it is. This one is out from the Gateway Pundit. MAGA Inc. spokeswoman Carolyn Levitt, she discusses the Biden, well, the Biden bribery scheme, sham indictment, and gag order attempt against Trump in a TGP interview. It's so true. This is all about making sure that President Trump doesn't get elected again. We know what this is about. So you have the former New Hampshire GOP congressional nominee and current MAGA Inc. spokeswoman. She spoke about the 2024 election and the Biden regime's election interference with the Gateway Pundit on Tuesday at President Trump's Wyndham, New Hampshire rally. He's, you know what, he is on some kind of, of tour here. I don't know how he can be in so many places, how he can be doing so many things, but he gets them done. This is a man of action. I just absolutely think he's the greatest thing. And his commitment to all of this. He knows what's going on with this with this corrupt government and he knows it cannot continue. He knows that it's happening right now. So while we've got Republicans who are living in the past uncovering all of these relics from under rocks and everything else, we're worried about the here and now. What are you doing now to ensure that we don't have this happen again? We obviously have an illegitimate person in the White House. There has been all kinds of substantiated proof. What are you going to do about removing them? That's what we all want to know. These crooks recently asked the far-left Obama judge overseeing the DOJ January 6th case against Trump to prevent the the president from sharing information on the case with the public. The left-wing hack prosecutors don't want President Trump discussing his case or the real crimes committed by the Biden family. It's election interference, and it's a major cover-up for Joe Biden's corrupt crime family. It is so true. It is absolutely so true. And it's only going to get worse because, see, with one lie, they're having to lie again to 
to cover up that lie. So what, are we just going to be in this bottomless abyss forever? That's what it seems like. The House Oversight Committee released bank statements on Hunter Biden's payments from Russian and Kakistan officials, Burisma Holdings, Russia billionaire Yelena Baturina, and Kazakh, the oligarch Renez Rakishev, totaling $20 million to the Biden crime family. This bribery scandal was already proven before the 2020 election by documents from the Treasury Department. But the deep state and the DOJ withheld this information from the public to steal the election from Trump. Levitt also slammed Ron DeSantis for his refusal to acknowledge the stolen 2020 election. His failure to stand with President Trump against the Biden regime's weaponization of government and his changing stances on issues to appeal to donors. That's right. That's one thing that we have learned. Those who are on the side of the people and those that that are not. DeSantis, by siding with the donors and acting like, oh, no, that didn't happen, that didn't exist, lets us know everything and more about him. Excuse me, I'm losing my voice. It has been a long week. Um, So then we have Conrinson. It was one year ago that they raided raided Mar-a-Lago. A lot has happened since, and they're going even further. What does that say about Democrats? What does this tell you about their chances in 2024? Well, Levitt said, it tells you that the Democrats are scared as hell about the possibility that Donald Trump is going to be our Republican nominee and that he will be facing off with Joe Biden for another rematch. They can't stand that fact because they know Donald Trump will be victorious after the last two and a half years of Joe Biden's hell that he has put America through. You look at our wide open southern border. You look at our abysmal economy. People here in the state of New Hampshire this past winter choosing between heating their homes or feeding their families because of the cost of inflation and the exorbitant cost of electricity here in our state because of Biden's war on our domestic energy. The Democrats know that Biden is the most unpopular, and I call him resident, as you know, in America, American history. They fear that Donald Trump will not only get back in that White House to put people first again, but also expose Joe Biden's corruption, which is unva- unraveling every single day. And we know that he and his crackhead son were involved in an international bribery scheme, accepting millions of dollars in bribes and wire transfers to LLCs that were set up when Joe Bribin Biden was vice president of the United States. It's treasonous behavior, and they fear that the corruption will be exposed and Donald Trump will, will restore America to greatness. And do not think for one second. They are going to work hand over fist to make sure that he is not reelected. They are already currently working to make sure that he is not going to be the nominee of the Republican Party. But they're going to have a hard time, and they know that through the polls. President Trump's approval has gone through the roof. And thank you, crooks and criminals, for that. 
He has exposed you, the fake news, and everything else. Instead of watching Netflix, people are turning on these hearings. They are learning at how this cabal completely took over America, who denied a duly elected president his, his t- entire tenure as president. They tried to handicap him. They tried to kneecap him. They tried to plant things on him. They impeached him twice. And now they are working harder than ever to make sure that he spends the rest of his life in jail and that he doesn't turn this country around. Why? What's at stake? They go to jail. So it's either him or them. That's how they see it. And they would much prefer it be him. So whether they like whoever they sit next to in one of these hearings or or whoever they have to reach across the aisle and work with, whether they like them or not, doesn't even matter. Their main and mutual enemy is President Trump, and they are going to fight to make sure that he never, ever has that position in the Oval Office again. That's what we're dealing with here. But we're going to win. And you can already see how they're panicking. Uh, you can already see what's happening in the polls. You can already see that people are changing. They are turning on Biden. Even some of the news media is turning on Biden. Because really, you're not going to have a career either if you continue to cover up for this complete and total buffoon. There's no way. Mm-mm. And everybody knows it. The whole world knows it. They're watching this whole thing in action. Why do you think so many have slithered under rocks during this time? Because they don't want to be a part of it. They don't want their face out there. Well, Republicans, you may be making the rounds right now, but if you don't have action to all of this that you've uncovered, if you don't do something about it, your name is mud. Just saying. That's where it is. So you have Conradson who, Conradson who asked, they indicted Trump for January 6th, which happened three years ago. Now they are going to get a gag order. What does it say to you that they're trying to get the leading presidential candidate by far silenced? Levitt said, well, it's really unbelievable when you think about the links that this corrupt Justice Department are willing to go to to put President Trump behind bars and not even allow him to exercise his First Amendment right that we are entitled to as Americans. And if you're prosecuting the former president of the United States, you had better have a damn good case. And Jack Smith, Karen Gilbert, none of these hacks for Biden's regime don't have a case at all. Donald Trump has never committed crimes. There has never been any case of it. They are using political lawfare to target him and remove his name off the ballot. It's election interference, and it's a major cover-up for Joe Biden's corrupt crime family. Think about what they're doing. They're having him appear in court, sometimes in an impossible situation where he has to basically be in two places at one time, all right? Not only that, it is depleting his campaign funds. Think about it. All right, that's what you need in order to run ads and everything else. Well, he's spending that on lawyers trying to defend himself in these cases that they are bringing against him. They are shining all of this in areas where President Trump has a low approval, right, among among the jurors and everything else so that they can make sure that they win these cases. This is all a complete and total setup, very much like the election, 
just like the way they were able to steal it from us, this is a planned attack. And all of their resources are out there being used on President Trump nonstop. I mean, they are attacking him relentlessly. But there is a game plan. It is a strategy. They picked these areas on purpose. And they want to make sure that he's not even able to defend himself. To use his freedom of speech to defend himself, not only as a person, as a human being, his civil rights, God-given rights, but also as a presidential candidate. Unprecedented. Completely and totally unprecedented. So we talk about all of this. We know what's going on. And this is what I'm saying. Shining a light on Republicans. Let's go. Conradson said, let's talk about the primary opponents for a second. And he talks about DeSantis and the fact that he refuses to speak out about weapons, Biden's weaponization of the justice system. He refuses to say the 2020 election was stolen. How does it bode if Ron DeSantis were to be president? How would he be? Well, Levitt said, Ron DeSantis is not going to be president. I don't think he's ever going to be in office again. Honestly, with the way this whole thing has gone for him, I don't see him serving in government in any capacity unless he does a huge change. But I I don't even think at that point that would help him. And it's really sad because he had great promise until you had the swamp get their tentacles on him. Then all of a sudden, that was it. People are realizing he's another establishment hack a political flip-flopper who changes with the wind and has no real values. First, he flip-flopped on Ukraine. He said it was a territorial dispute and that he wouldn't send more aid or support. His donors didn't like that very much, his globalist donors, so he rolled back that within 24 hours. Now, just this week, he used to be a proponent for election integrity. He called him, that's at least what he called himself, His donors told him to take that back. Now he's saying Joe Biden fairly won, won fairly, in 2020 election. As soon as he gets pushed around, he caves. He does not have the fortitude to stand up to the swamp that Donald Trump has. And that's that's the fact, Jack. No question. You're talking about, you know, uh, apples to bananas here. And President Trump is the most incredible He's the only one that has no problem. Understand, they're not the ones that are fueling his campaign. He's fueling it, and we're fueling it. We're the ones. We want him to be our president. We want him to speak and do for we the people. And we are going to have to step it up. I'm telling you, he's going to need us to donate this time around. I know he didn't take a paycheck when he was president. He was the only one that said, hey, you know what? No. I'm not going to do that. We're going to we're going to put that money to a good cause. Well, he is going to need every single last penny to shield himself from these these prosecutions, senseless and persecutions, and also to make sure that he has a campaign to run. And we can do our part. I'm trying to do these little clips on social media. So whenever he he posts on truth, I do a Trump truth. And I read it just so everybody has it. And I'm placing it everywhere. I'm putting it on Instagram. I'm putting it on TikTok. Oh, get this. You're going to love this one. Okay. So my relationship with TikTok is very new. 
not a long history there. I just decided to do it so that I could post these Trump truths and I thought I could reach a different audience. So people may hear what I'm, you know, reading from what he wrote in a different view. They don't hear his voice and think orange man bad. They have maybe a different perspective. And a lot of liberals have gotten upset about me doing it. Not Republicans, but liberals. Ooh, they say they are sending in the sheep while the wolves are right behind her. I mean, just crazy, weird stuff. It's really bizarre. But anyway, back to TikTok. Okay, so all I'm doing is I'm taking what President Trump posts and I'm putting it out as a truth. Well, lo and behold, I got a strike on TikTok. <laughs> now, all I'm doing simply is reading what President Trump put out there and they said that, and they took down one of them. I haven't figured out which one it is yet. I haven't had time. But it's wedged between two of them or all of them that I've been producing lately. And they took it down and they said that my standing in the community has faltered and that I need to read the community guidelines and they removed it without even a second thought. So interesting. All I did was read it. It wasn't that it was false information. It wasn't abusive. It wasn't anything other than just a plain old reading from a president of the United States. And they're starting to take those videos down. Can you believe that? I can't. I really cannot. So nothing has changed. Point of story. Nothing has changed in social media. They are very much at play. And they are going to continue into this next election not kidding it's not gonna stop me I don't care if I lose an account so what doesn't matter I've lost accounts before I'm still here to talk about it I mean not as bright as I may have been at one point before they knew that I was completely a loyalist to the Constitution um, but once they found out that I actually believe in the Constitution my God-given rights and everything else I'm I'm a conservative then woof there went my account. I never knew that we were going to be the, the rebels here. I had no idea <laughs> that conservatives were really going to be the ones that, that were painted in this light, that we were going to be the rebellious ones. That No, it really doesn't fit the personality. And yet, here we are. Okay. But I'm going to keep doing my thing, just like you're going to keep doing your thing. They're not going to change anything that we already do. We're going to keep fighting. We have way too much at stake. Okay, so here we go. Hunter Biden's longtime business partner made 36 trips to the White House, vice president residence. More than previously known. So all of a sudden, everything is coming out now. You've got House Republicans. They are eyeing one of Hunter Biden's former business partners with special interest in his status as a frequent guest at the White House during the Obama administration. A review of federal records by Fox News indicates that Eric Sherwin visited the White House and the vice president residence at the Naval Observatory a whopping 36 times while now resident Joe Biden was vice president under Barack Obama. Sherwin partnered with the younger Biden in Rosemont Seneca Partners, an investment firm with links to some of Hunter Biden's overseas business dealings. He had a two-decade friendship and business relationship with Hunter Biden, 
And this story was reported by the New York Post in 2022. Other Rosemont Seneca executives who were welcomed to the White House grounds during the period, according to Daily Signal, include Joan Mayer and Devin Archer, who testified in Congress last week about the Biden's influence peddling operation. Again, we're seeing a little glimpse of heroes. An oversight and accountability chairman, James Comer, is interested in more than 80 White House visits made by Hunter Biden's business associates, according to the Daily Signal. This is more evidence showing the Biden family enterprise centered around Joe Biden's political career, Comer said in a statement. Americans deserve answers about the Biden family's business schemes, and we will keep pressing for transparency and accountability. I think that's great and all, but again, we need you to do something about the crooks that are still in these positions and running operations, business as usual. Do something, please, even if it's wrong. Just do it. Go for it. Try it. Take a plunge. Take, you know, do something really risky there, Republicans. Do something. Try an impeachment. You've got them all. All kinds of evidence. We, we've been giving you evidence about all of this stuff for quite some time now also, just from deep dives and, and, and research. President, resident Joe Biden has claimed no knowledge of his son's questionable business dealings, which included lucrative payments from the Ukrainian energy company Burisma, which was founded by a man with suspected ties to Russian intelligence. Rosemont Seneca's corporate history involves lucrative dealings with Chinese financial companies, according to the New York Post. One legal expert of the National Legal and Policy Center, a conservative think tank, is pointing to Rosemont Seneca's access to the White House as a development worthy of congressional investigation. The White House, when it was an annex of Rosemont Seneca, this is according to Paul Kimanar, a senior counsel at the center, and this is what he told Daily Signal. He said, everyone who visited the White House should be subpoenaed by the Oversight and Accountability Committee. Well, according to Fox, one Sherwin visit to the White House took place in December 2015, days after resident well, he was a vice president, Biden, secured the termination of Viktor Shokin, Ukraine's one-time top prosecutor, by using $1 billion of American foreign aid. This is incredible. We've known this. How many times? I mean, really, if you were here, I would say raise your hand. Everybody would raise their hand. Um, how many times have we seen this video? Biden openly bragged about forcing Shokin firing during a panel event at the Council on Foreign Relations in 2018. They don't think anything is going to ever happen to them. They're saying whatever it is they want to say. They don't care. They don't feel like the Republicans, the leadership, that anybody is ever going to hold them accountable. Imagine being this corrupt and actually talking about the corruption out loud on camera. And uh, so I got Ukraine. And... Uh um, I remember going over convincing our team, or <coughs> others, to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and uh, 
and I was going supposed to announce that there was another billion dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had they were walking out to the press conference said, no, nah, I said, I'm not going to we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was what, six hours. I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid. Yeah, because who? What, what is your idea of solid? Hmm. Yeah, don't want to know. Thanks. We, we, we know what you think of solid. Solid is people who are going to pay you millions and millions of dollars, you and your family, and you are just going to use your influence, the position, and you're going to sell out this country. And the fact that this man is walking around and not being impeached is unreal. However, you know, I mean, the way this is going with what they're doing to President Trump and the way they're obviously letting Biden skate, I don't have any doubt that when it comes down to the two, if Biden can hang in there, uh, not because of the work of the Republicans, that America will choose President Trump in a monumental landslide. And there is not a thing they can do about it. America is awake. We know what it's like to have the prices we're paying at the pump. We know what we're paying at the at the grocery stores. We know about the open borders. We know what a disaster this administration has put us in and our country in. It's going to take years and years. But President Trump, if we get him in office, he can start righting the wrongs. So at the end of the time of his firing, Shokin was investigating Burisma, the company paying Hunter Biden millions for his service on its corporate board. Hunter Biden is battling two federal criminal charges after a judge refused to accept his sweetheart plea deal last month. Rosemont Seneca is now defunct. This is what's happening. You've got on display for the American people a two-tier justice department. You've got a banana republic on your hands. Here you got RNC Research, and they do a great job of these clips. But as you all know, you have got Garland, who should be impeached by now. There should be impeachment proceedings happening at this very moment. There's absolutely no reason to keep this man in office. This is incredible to me. You've got an attorney general that has gone completely rogue. His main job is covering up for the Bidens. He's not doing the work of the American people. No, this is his own personal handlings. Think about that. We've never seen anything quite like this in the history of our country, where you have got an acting AG whose number one priority and FBI looking out for a criminal in the White House. That's their only job. If Weiss has the authorities he needed, why does he need to be special counsel? Do you still have faith in U.S. Attorney Weiss after Hunter Biden's deal fell apart? Well, here's the deal. Completely ignored it, walked away. That was the question. If Weiss had those authorities he needed, why does, does he need to be a special counsel? 
He wouldn't answer that. Walked right Thank on you. off. Thank you. If you and the Jordan Weiss had the authorities what he needed, would why does he need the, to be a special counsel? Do you still have faith in U.S. Attorney Weiss after the deal fell apart? Thank you. They know exactly what they have here. This is just an attempt to delay, delay, delay. So Dirty Jack Smith admits he included inaccurate information when asking judge to hide secret Twitter search warrant from Trump. So you have a special counsel, Jack Smith. He admitted he included inaccurate information when he, was, when he asked Judge Bail Howell, an Obama appointee, for a secret search warrant for Trump's Twitter account. X, formerly known as Twitter, was fined $350,000 because it delayed producing the subpoenaed records. The search warrant was so secret that Trump didn't even know that Jack Smith issued a subpoena for the records. Here they go again. Biden's corrupt Justice Department obtained a non-disclosure order that prohibited X from informing Trump about Jack Smith's subpoena. Over the course of the months-long legal battle, X argued that the non-disclosure order violated the First Amendment and Stored Communications Act. The Justice Department argued Trump would, would put the so-called ongoing investigation in jeopardy. According to CNN, the D.C. Circuit Court appeal of Appeals they said the court found that there were reasonable grounds to believe that Trump would jeopardize the ongoing investigation if he knew about the search warrant. Okay, <clears throat> just total, just, that just makes me crazy because here's the deal. They are illegally taking information from his DMs. They are essentially taking his private conversations that he and the Post, he thinks, are having and they are using this against him. These are his communications. They are asking, formerly known as Twitter X, for these communications, which obviously would be a violation to President Trump and running with it. And they were actually fined and had to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, this $350,000 is not chump change, at least not for me. So you have them interfering this way president trump doesn't even know this is going on because guess what he would have said something he would have posted something see that's what they fear the most when i compliment you on the work that you do on twitter when i compliment the memers when i compliment the fact that you are sharing articles and everything else it's because you're effective right here you know for sure for certain that that's what they were worried about that President Trump would be able to get out there and say, hey, they're spying on me, which would probably ring the bell in most people's mind. Mm, maybe they are spying on me too. Well, guess what, folks? They have been. If you read the Twitter files, which we did on this show, we covered all of them, every single one of them. We did not leave one word unturned. Then you realize that they were spying on you the entire time too. And they were taking orders, orders from the FBI, orders from political opponents. I mean, they were shaping the narratives they wanted to shape and they were using social media to do their bidding and their dirty work. That's how they spent their time. They weren't going after criminals or people that were that are pedophiles or human traffickers or you know, pornography, all, all that stuff. No, 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 no. They wanted to know what you were up to. 
like I said, the fact that I'm even getting videos that are taken off of TikTok of me just repeating what President Trump said lets you know exactly. They are all in on this whole thing, and they still are. And maybe they don't have Chan that they're discussing things with this time around, but there's some other Chan in there, believe me, that is giving and taking the orders. You can guarantee that's happening. So according to CNN, the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals said the court found that there were reasonable grounds to believe that Trump would jeopardize the ongoing investigation if he knew about the search warrant. The district court, according to D.C. Circuit's opinion, found that there was reasonable grounds to believe that disclosing the warrant to former President Trump would seriously jeopardize the ongoing investigation by giving him an opportunity to destroy evidence change patterns of behavior, or notify Confederates. Okay, now this is according to CNN. This is an interesting way of putting it. Change patterns of behavior. Okay, destroy evidence? No. Changing patterns of behavior, meaning he would actually talk about it, right? So they're still surveilling him. This is exactly what they're doing. They just wanted him not to know about it, although I'm sure he probably knew it as I knew it. I've known it for quite some time, but this is their reasoning behind it. Jack Smith admitted to Judge Howell that he included inaccurate information when he suggested Trump become a flight risk if he learned about the secret gag order. The district court also found reason to believe that the former president would flee from prosecution and read the decision from the D.C. District Court of Appeals. The government later acknowledged, however, that it had ironically included flight from prosecution as a predicate in its application for the non-disclosure order. So you had U.S. District Judge Beryl Howell granted the warrant with the non-disclosure order. The appeals court ruling upheld his decision. Howell's original order is not public, though. The appellate court indicated he felt there was reason to believe Trump's awareness of the warrant could undercut the investigation by allowing him to obstruct it. Howell eventually agreed with the erroneous elements claiming Trump would be a flight risk through the appeals court, determined that consideration was not the definitive reason for his granting of the non-disclosure order. This is all according to Just the News. So Jack Smith has a history of lying and withholding exculpatory evidence. Jack Smith recently admitted his team did not produce all of Mar-a-Lago security footage to the defense counsel in the first batches of discovery. Shut it down. Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton said of Jack Smith's investigation, Everybody wants to know why the Republicans are allowing and continuing to fund through taxpayer money this nonsense with Jack Smith's office. They're using our money to prosecute President Trump. Now, look, I don't mind if they use our money to prosecute the real villains. Okay, go ahead. Mm, That's fine. But to go after this man after all of this, years and years, the Russian hoax and all of that, my goodness, This has got to stop. There is an investigation that needs to be had, and that is an investigation of everybody in government right now, in these big positions who have been actively participating. That's where the investigation needs to be. 
but they're not going to do it. They're just not going to do it. We would have seen it by now. They are allowing this to take the to take the spotlight. All of this, all of their hits on President Trump. But in hindsight, and and really looking at it, if you were to hear this, you would originally think, okay, this is so wrong. I am so upset, and all of this stuff. But when you look at the poll results and what's happening. Because of it, the whistleblowers, the heroes, the people that are coming out, they're telling their stories. They're talking about how corrupt this government is. This government is barely staying together. They really are. They are completely falling apart. They're not able to do it. Too many lies, too many cover-ups, too many shifts. I mean, they're being exposed for what they are, just like the fake news. They all look like a bunch of buffoons, truly. But they've all been in on it since the beginning. So they're going to carry this whole thing through. And in the process, they're going to be pariahs. And they know it. That's why people are being booed. Look at McConnell. Look at Lindsey Graham crackers. They're being booed. They can't even go out in public without people recognizing them and telling them exactly how they feel about them. I don't suggest violence. I never called for that. I never will. But I absolutely think that you should be tagging your representatives, anybody in government, who of your choosing, and let them know what you think. If you see them, and if you are face-to-face with them, you should tell them what you think. Don't threaten them, but you should let them know what you think on a regular basis. I'm constantly tagging these people in leadership positions. I have all of them in my phone. So when I'm walking handsome, I'll make a call. Okay, I'm walking the dog. Mm, All right, walking the dog. And here I am giving you a piece of my mind of what you need to be doing. And it's anything but what you're doing right there, right now. And I do it. I did it with with Barr on a regular. Always. I was constantly calling Barr's office and leaving him these long messages. Even when I would get the tone that said, 15 seconds left to finish your message. I would go right on past all of that because I could not believe that Barr was just sitting there letting all of these things happen. And voila, look, Barr was a part of it all along. Most of us knew it, and that's why I was calling, was saying, hey, bud, you know what? If you can't do this job because you're not, then you need to go ahead and step down. So you have all of this stuff happening. You've got Jack Smith. He requests a January 2nd trial date. He wants Trump convicted by Super Tuesday. I mean, this is all political. Every single move, it's just to the point of being obnoxious. You have special counsel Jack Smith. He requested a January 2nd trial date for President Trump charges related to the January 6th case in Washington, D.C. All right, so... Last Tuesday, Trump was hit with four counts in Jack Smith's January 6th case. You had conspiracy to defraud the United States, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, obstruction of an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding, and conspiracy against rights. The government proposes that the trial begin on January 2nd, 2024, and estimates that its case in chief will take no longer than four to six weeks this is according to the court filing on thursday jack smith wants trump convicted by super tuesday in march the iowa republican caucuses will be held on january 15th this brazen election interference that's exactly what it is 
Joe Biden has nothing to run on, so this is his 2024 campaign, Prosecute and Jail Trump. President Trump responded to the latest election interference and abuse by the Biden DOJ. Deranged Jack Smith has just asked for a trial on the Biden indictment to take place on January 2nd, just ahead of the important Iowa caucuses. Only an out-of-touch lunatic would ask for such a date, one day into the next year, and maximum election interference with Iowa. Such a trial, which should never take place due to my First Amendment rights and massive Biden corruption, should only happen, if at all, after the election. The same with other fake Biden indictments. Election interference. That's what President Trump said. He's been putting these out on the regular. Make sure that you're checking his truth page. I'm loving this. I'm loving the fact that President Trump hasn't gone over to Twitter because he doesn't fully trust Twitter. That's what I'm basically gathering here. He doesn't. He is the type. He's not just going to throw both feet into the fire. He sat back and watched even after Elon Musk took the reins. He said, hey, I'm happy on truth. I can say what I want to say, and I can put it out there. It's my freedom of speech. They respect that. I'm going to use truth. So now, all of a sudden, you've got all of these lefties that are, if they want to hear from the front runner of the, the, the Republican Party and really the front runner of the entire 2024 election, they have to go over to truth to read what it is that he has to say, plus all of you. You wonder how you can help? Let me tell you how you help. You help on a regular basis when you retweet his truths, when you put them out there. Like I said, all I'm doing right now is I'm making all of these recordings of these, just like the one I just read, and I'm putting them all over the place. And if I lose my Facebook account, Instagram account, I am doing it for no other reason than to get President Trump's message out there. So be it. I don't care. I've lost accounts before. As you all know, I just started up again on Twitter. I mean, or X or whatever that thing is now. I I was having to broadcast on gaming platforms because I was getting strikes on YouTube. Same thing with Facebook. I know exactly who these people are. They're not going to allow me just to go ahead during a 2024 upcoming election. Look, they're going to be on shaky ground too if President Trump gets back into the into the Oval. So they are fighting against him and all of you on the regular. And they're not going to stop. So just double up. You lose your account? Hmm, so what? You've got another account that you can use. Believe me, there are plenty of trolls now over there on Truth. So if you want to spar, spar, (laughs) which is how it should be. They wonder why Threads is totally tanking. Well, Threads doesn't, doesn't stand a chance. The first day they were out there putting community notes on people, putting them in, in, you know, I don't know, jail or what have you for freedom of speech because you were conservatives. But they sure like to pump those numbers. They wanted to give you an account right out of the gate so that they looked like they were going to compete with X. Well, they're not competing with X. They're not competing with truth. They're they're just non-compete. They may have gotten everybody an account based on those that were created from Instagram and Facebook, but that's all they have. They don't actually have real conversations playing out. How boring, really? How boring would that be? 
their safe place. All right, on to more crooks. Okay, so the Obama-appointed judge, Tanya Chutkin, is treating Trump worse than other defendants, including a meth dealer. Are you surprised? You shouldn't be. Absolutely shouldn't be. This is a person who was appointed by the Obama regime, and she was part and definitely a big supporter of Black Lives Matter. You've got Obama-appointed Judge Tanya Chutkin. He is, is treating President Trump worse than other defendants, including a meth dealer. Noted attorney Techno Fogg looked through Judge Chutkin's recent history and provided evidence of bias after she denied the gag order hearing dates requested by Trump's lawyer. So we look through the recent history of Judge Tanya Chutkin, who, provide, who presides over Trump's D.C. criminal case. Findings, well, worse than anybody. Worse than anyone. So people want to know who she is and her background. Well, on Saturday, you have Judge Tanya Chutkin, a biased left-wing tyrant in a robe who previously worked with Hunter Biden, gave President Trump until Monday at 5 o'clock p.m., to respond to a motion for protective order, a gag order filed by Dirty Jack Smith. This was on Monday. It was completely unprecedented. Nobody could believe that she was ordering something like that with that short of a time frame. Judge Chutkin gave Trump only one day to respond rather than giving him the standard 14 days. This type of abuse is only reserved for President Trump and Republicans. Trump's legal bat legal team requested the gag order hearing be held on Monday or Tuesday of next week so both lawyers can be present for the argument since Trump's attorney Todd Blanche will be tied up in court this week on matters related to Jack Smith's superseding indictment filed in a Florida federal court, right? Judge Chutkin denied the dates requested by Trump's lawyers and scheduled the hearing for this Friday at 10 a.m. This means that Trump will likely only have one lawyer present for arguments on Friday. Judge Chutkin also set the hearing on the PO for Friday, August the 11th, just one week after the PO was submitted in a case involving millions of pages of documents and hundreds of witnesses. She denied Trump's request for a hearing date where both his lawyers could be present. I mean, this is crazy. In the Maria Bettina case, Judge Chutkin gave Bettina one week to respond to a protective order and set the hearing a month out. This unfairly quick timeline is inconsistent of how Judge Chutkin has treated other defendants. Now remember, this judge is one that prosecuted several on January 6th. So this one through the book at January Sixers, in fact, would go above and beyond what the prosecution was even asking for punishment, above and beyond that. She wanted the max on every single one of them, okay? Judge Chutkin is treating Trump worse than a meth dealer. She gave the meth dealer a weak deadline to respond to a protective order. The judge also set the hearing two weeks out after it was submitted, according to Technofog. In the case of a D.C. meth dealer, you had Judge Chutkin gave a week 
this is crazy. This is crazy. This is who she is. How she is not is not recusing herself tells you everything you need to know. She's there for a reason. She's going to get this job done to the best of her ability. She is going to have her name in lights as the one that brought President Trump down. See, you have to understand, all of these are out there. All of these judges are out there for their political careers. In fact, one of the latest uh, little readings that I did of President Trump this morning, in fact, and thank you, Rob Pligram, for sending it to me and getting this right. But I did one just right before this show, and he put this out at 5.02 a.m. Check out what he said. Trump truths. Let me get this bigger for you. One sec, just so you can hear it. Trump truths, August 12th, 2023, 5.02 a.m. I hear that racist Fulton County, Atlanta District Attorney, phony Fannie Willis, who weekly presides over one of the deadliest communities in the U.S. with thousands of murderers, violent criminals, and gang members roaming the streets while going untried, free and are treated with kid gloves, is using a potential indictment of me and other innocent people as a campaign and fundraising con job, all based on a perfect phone call as president challenging election fraud. My duty and right. And it is his duty and it is his right to be able to challenge anything, any notion, if especially when you have proof and evidence. And that's the whole thing. All of that proof is being shown right now. Everybody is seeing it for themselves. Everything that went down in Michigan, all of it. Why does it have to, why did we have to wait so long for the Republicans to bring all this stuff out? Well, a lot of things hurt us with this whole thing, just so you know. When they kicked us off of social media, we weren't able to share all of the videos of January 6th. We weren't able to share all of the information. All of a sudden, they kicked off conservative voices. They did not want other opinions, and we weren't able to share information like we once were. Since that time, you have other platforms that have emerged and they are taking the place of all of this but here's the thing these district attorneys these judges they are going to use this to their advantage politically speaking now they're not supposed to be political activists up there on the bench and yet they are and that's exactly what they're doing. They are using this so that they can make sure that they have a prime spot going forward. So they want to be the shining star. He, he's really got one of the worst groups against him that we have ever seen. I mean, they're not even trying to hide this stuff. So you have Mark Levin, who says Pelosi, I call her Piglosi, as you know, January 6th committee destroyed crucial raw evidence and information in the greatest cover-up operation in congressional history. In doing so, they violated the law, violated House rules, and violated Trump's right to have access to information that may have been useful to his own defense. Boy, is that an understatement of the year. It's exactly it, too. I mean, they're just running amok. Whatever they decide, they're going to decide. They don't care if it's legal or not. They're going to make up the rules and just blast right on through it. Nancy Pelosi de declares America will cease to exist 
if Trump becomes president again. Actually, I would reword this for her. They, the establishment, would cease to exist if President Trump becomes president again. That's what she's really saying. This swamp that has been created is completely threatened by one man and his party. And it's, I I call it his party because it is. It's our party. The ones that are supporting President Trump are the majority this time around, let me tell you. And like I said, I, I don't know what President Trump is going to do after this election once he's in the office. I don't know if he'll stick with the Republican Party or if we'll just have Republican rhinos that just decide that they're just going to drop off. They're not going to run as Republicans. They switch to the other side. You know, more drama, drama, drama. But in that case, that would be fine with me. Because the Republican Party has to be completely remade anyway. This is not our party. We've got establishment rhinos that are running amok. So, yeah, I don't even recognize them. If we need a new party, we'll get a new party. Not a biggie. So you have Nancy Piglosi. She has called the latest indictment against President Trump beautiful and asserted that if he is elected as president again, it will be the end of America completely. In comments to the New York Magazine, Piglosi stated, the indictments against the president are exquisite, adding they're beautiful and intricate, and they probably have a better chance of conviction than anything that I would have come up with. When asked about the possibility of another Trump presidency, Piglosi commanded to the reporter, don't even think of that. Don't think of the world being on fire, she continued, adding, it cannot happen, or we will not be the United States of America. If he were president, it would be a criminal enterprise in the White House, she added, without a hint of irony. Piglosi made the comments after Trump labeled her as a wicked witch and a demented psycho who resides in hell when she dies, who will reside in hell when she dies. So here he goes. And he wrote this August 6th, 2023 at 8.37 p.m. He said, I purposely didn't comment on Nancy Piglosi's very weird story concerning her husband. But now I can because she said something about me with glee. That was really quite obvious. I saw a scared puppy, she said as she watched me on television, like millions of others that didn't see that. I wasn't scared. Nevertheless, how mean of a thing to say. She is a wicked witch whose husband's journey from hell starts and finishes with her. She is a sick and demented psycho who will someday live in hell. And she will. That's the whole thing. She will. But let's face it. She can't even walk down the street as it is right now. None of them can. And the very thing that they are accusing President Trump of doing is exactly what they're doing to our country right now as we speak. Okay. This is not how the United States operates. This is not how it should operate. And she knows it. This is what has happened to this country, is this establishment party and this Democrat party, and it was led and executed mainly by Piglosi herself and others, but they're not going by the laws of this land, not even by a long shot. 
So here for her to say that we will not be the United States of America, look, lady, the way you've been running things, we aren't. And the American people are waking up to all of that. So can threat all they want to threaten away, but we're going to put that man back in his place for sure in the Oval Office, which is exactly where he belongs. So you have Newsom, who funded Chinese COVID lab known to Biden's FDA. Kid you not, gruesome. He was in the news this week. And of course, living in LA, I wonder how many other places there are like this running around my state, because honestly, this is pretty, pretty freaky, but not surprising. The discovery last month of a Chinese COVID biolab in California shocked the nation, but likely came as no surprise that the state's Democrat governor, Gavin Newsom, he helped fund it, okay? The now notorious secret facility, which contained a massive stockpile of infectious agents, including coronavirus and nearly a thousand dead lab mice, and vials of unidentified biological fluids also likely came as no surprise to the Biden administration. The FDA last year issued a recall warning of for nearly 54,000 COVID rapid tests manufactured by the company that owned the lab. Fresno County officials discovered the unlicensed laboratory in a warehouse owned by Prestige Biotech, which has ties to multiple Chinese pharmaceutical firms and a president who lives in China and can only be reached by email. Shady, huh? Frightening, eh? Yeah. Got your attention now? That is going on here in the United States. The company's CCP links extend to Barry Zhang, who is listed as Prestige Biotech's registered agent by the Nevada Secretary of State. Zhang reportedly was the leader of the Chinese American Society of CPAs and its work with China's United Front Espionage and Propaganda Network. The founder of the law firm representing Prestige Biotech, Michael M. Lin, is reportedly a regular sponsor of CCP's United Front events in Nevada. So here it is. You've got a thread here. Update of the illegal lab prestige in California. One, according to court file, at least 20 potential infectious pathogens in that lab are listed, including bacteria to cause tuberculosis, meningitis, you have that too, 10% death rate, pneumonia, viruses to cause COVID-19, hepatitis B and C. I've worked in emerging infectious disease labs at HKU for five years. The more revealed about the illegal lab prestige in California, the more suspicious it is. If Prestige is the creditor, as it claims, why would it like to receive a lot of lab, lab mice from Universal Meditech? Here's the update. Update of the illegal Chinese lab Prestige in California. How much does it connect with CCP and CCP's espionage network, e.g. United Front? A lot of information I will post gradually. So she's got this whole string here. Prestige Biotech took over the lab from Universal Meditech 
After the company went bankrupt following a series of fires, Universal Meditech, a company that also has strong CCP ties, received nearly 400000 in tax credits from Gruesome's Office of Business and Economic Development. Here it is, almost 400360000 tax credits, to be exact, given to this. So before going bankrupt... Universal Meditech was awarded its business license from the Gruesome administration exactly one year to date before Gruesome's state of emergency order locking down the entire state over the COVID-19 virus. Universal Meditech continued operations under its new owner, Prestige Biotech, which didn't have a state business license and was only outed when someone noticed a garden hose illegally attached to the Biolabs building. I kid you not. That's how they figured this out. The nearly 1,000 dead mice found at the Prestige Biotech Lab were genetically engineered to catch and carry the COVID-19 virus. It's frightening stuff. So when I say, I'm looking around here going, okay, so how many are just in LA? I can't even imagine. But that's what's been going on under Gruesome's watch. All here in all of the cities, everything in between, San Francisco, you know the state of San Francisco. You know what the state of California looks like under Gruesome. He is completely corrupt to the core, and he is Nancy Piccolosi's nephew by marriage just so everyone knows. It's all in the family. Nepotism at its finest. It all runs wild over here. Unbelievable. But that's what's wrong with the government, right? Without term limits, look at the situation we're in right now as a result. This is an unusual situation, said Nicole Ziba, a city official with the town of Reedley where the lab was found. I've been in government for 25 years. I've never seen anything like this, Ziba told local news outlet. KTLA, there was a special room that was built housing about 1,000 white lab mice. All right. So you've got all of these mice in there. They're supposed to catch and carry COVID-19 virus. They're housed in a secret warehouse owned by reported CCP United Front agents, the same company that manufactured 54,000 FDA-flagged COVID rapid tests and received hundreds of thousands of dollars from Gruesome's office a year before he put California on lockdown, enforced by his and the Biden administration's tyrannical mandates? That is what's happening here in my town. Unbelievable. Allowing a Chinese company to practice gain-of-function research on our shores is like inviting biological warfare into our backyard. Now, this was a quote by Representative Mark Green, Republican Tennessee, who chairs the House Homeland Security Committee. Based on legal filings, business reports, and court documents, it appears that the CCP's United Front accepted the invitation. Meanwhile, with his entourage of CCP connections funded by his administration in line, Newscum, Gruesome, reportedly is raising millions to back a potential 2024 presidential run, even as he continues to publicly back Biden. He's the just-in-case man. 
This guy is the just-in-case man. Pretty frightening, if you ask me. Really frightening, actually. And here I am in lovely California. Did I tell you that? Yeah, I feel real good right about now. (laughs) All right, let's keep going with these villains. Gotta get to the heroes. Oh, come on, you two. I'm talking about Rob and I'm talking about Fleet Admiral. Let's speed this thing up. I'm tired of these villains. We need to get to the heroes. <laughs> these people make me sick. Oh, they really do. But we have to go through it. So we have Mitch McConnell. Huh. Won't surprise any of you. He urges the House Republicans to oppose Joe Biden impeachment. What a tool, right? The turtle man must go. I I think he's naturally not going to be able to stay in the position that he's in, but before he is actually ousted from the position from We the People, you all know that he was booed as well. Couldn't even get his speech out. Mitch needs to switch parties, though, in the meantime. It's becoming abundantly clear to everyone. This guy has had his time in office. He's well overdue. He's part of the establishment. He's married to a lady of course Chinese and she is connected a lot of people say to the CCP as well so it shouldn't surprise you that he is part of all of this as well I'm sure that his record looks very similar to what you see of Biden's I mean why not he was one of the first people to make sure that he made his way on over to Ukraine where you have nothing but bio labs you have nothing but human trafficking everything that isn't supposed to be legal in the United States of America is actually happening in Ukraine and all of these people in the establishment have been over to the Ukraine to make sure that they have a position there right I don't know if this is going to be where they decide to to escape if if of course they start getting prosecuted that they will be protected in a place like that but good luck I hope you enjoy living amongst bio labs I hope they're your next door neighbors I mean that's what you expect for we the people to have to endure that what they released here in this country and when you talk about the lowest of the low the the most evil of evil The fact that they would steal an election and they would release a virus that was set out on the world in order to secure the presidency lets you know what we're dealing with here. Now, as a result of the COVID that was released and now as a result of the mandates that they forced for people to take, they didn't give you a choice. You were going to be a pariah in society. You weren't going to be able to to go to restaurants, shop in stores, unless you showed your papers. That's what the Biden regime is. And so when we say, hey, it's a regime, it is. It's a tyrannical government that completely just ignores every single rule of our civil rights, human rights, God-given rights to accomplish whatever is needed. They will stop at nothing. We have got all of this evidence, right? I mean, regardless of what stories they were trying to sell at the time, oh, it came from a wet market, oh, bat soup. None of that ended up to be being the case. They didn't want you to know about the labs. They didn't want you to know about gain of research and gain of function research where they are experimenting and creating these viruses and then setting them loose when they need to, right, at their leisure. They're all about talking about population control and everything else. 
But here you go. They've all known about this. A lot of people are just waking up to this reality right now. People in our country are just now waking up to the fact that these labs actually exist, that no, it wasn't a conspiracy theory. And not only that, that our government, our taxpayer money was funding all of this. They're just finding the stuff out now. So Mitch, (laughs) he's had his time in office, but he's there for now. And he goes out there, surprises absolutely no one. And he urges the Republicans not to impeach Joe Biden for his multi-million dollar foreign bribery and pay-to-play schemes. You have him out there talking to all of the leaders in the Republican Party and talking about the fact that we don't want to do that. No, not to my good buddy. Speaking to the New York Times in an interview published Tuesday, McConnell said that he does not want to continue the impeachment cycle that Democrats started two years ago when they impeached former President Trump on dubious charges. I said two years ago when we had not one but two impeachments that once we go down this path, it incentivizes the other side to do the same thing, McConnell said. Impeachment ought to be rare, he added. This is not good for our country. Hey, guess what? We want to impeach every single last one of you fools. Absolutely. You are not shielded. You are not protected. You are not a protected class. You do something wrong, you need to be tried, and you need to lose your position. I, we're... I don't know. I really don't know what to tell these Republicans. I honestly do not. You've got Chris Christie. Okay. You've got Krispy Kreme out there. He is also doing the rounds. He's part of the establishment as well. He asserts Trump guilty of crimes in classified documents case and obstruction of justice. Reminded me of what maybe Abbott Costello meets Coralones would have looked like, he says. So he's using his quit, quick wit and humor to try to put this into the perspective of any average Joe. But if anybody knows anything about Krispy Kreme, he is a crook within a crook himself. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Krispy Kreme. He continues to play the role of a Trump basher in this year's GOP primary. Remember, he ran before against President Trump and then wanted to be his buddy-buddy, just like all of them did as soon as he won because they knew that the the writing was on the wall. Crispy, <laughs> I call him Crispy now. <laughs> Christy doesn't have a shot in hell of winning the primary, so there must be some other motivation for him. It's just weird. No, there's plenty, believe me. He's going to gain from it eventually. They all do. On Monday, disgraced former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, he criticized President Trump's behavior, pointing to his potential legal problems and arguing that Trump has consistently put himself above the country. During an interview with MSNBC's Morning Joe, he asked Christie about the series of legal battles facing President Trump, including three indictments and a potential fourth one looming. Crispy claimed Trump certainly committed crimes in the classified documents case. Okay, so he's already found him guilty, right? Mm, certainly. I believe to keep those documents was a crime, and the obstruction was clearly a crime, and now the superseding indictment 
where he is ordering folks allegedly to delete the surveillance cameras reminded me of what maybe Abbott Costello meets Corallones, Corallones would have looked like all of a sudden, Christy mocked, earning big laughs from host Joe Scarsborough. So he said, I mean, this is both criminal and completely stupid, which is the combination that Donald Trump is bringing to the country. It is a combination of criminality and abject stupidity, both in terms of his comments and in terms of his actions. This is what Krispy Kreme had to offer. What a joke. You know what? This is another one. They should have investigated and tried him as well, but they just promptly removed him from office because they knew that he wouldn't be reelected. And yet this guy has no home, no home in the sense of government. And so he decides to throw his hat into a race. Please. He's there just to create an obstacle. That's all. Hmm. Good. I have a silver lining here. It looks like we are about to go in to the hero part of this show. So yay. Check it out. Okay, so we are into the heroes. All right, so I'm going to read you my post on this particular story. There are two articles that go along with it, but I will get right to it. Let me tell you about this heart-wrenching story. The mother of a Marine killed in the Kabul suicide blast revealed how she started shaking with rage when she heard President Biden's comparison of her son's death to Bo's. Bo died from cancer and the Bidens were able to be by his side while her son died in a horrific blast in Kabul. She couldn't help but feel angry and betrayed. But get this, Biden's response was, My wife, Jill and I know how you feel. We lost our son as well and brought him home in a flag-draped coffin. Can you imagine? Comparing the two situations like that, it's just mind-boggling. Let me share more of this heart-wrenching details. You had Lance Corporal uh, Dylan Marola, only 20 years old, tragically lost his life in the blast outside the Hamid Karazi Airport in Afghanistan. The pain and sorrow felt by his loved ones are indescribable. Another devastated mother, Kelly Barnett, first received the news that her son had died on impact. However, later on, witnesses told her that he actually survived the explosion for a little while. Can you imagine what this mom went through? The Gold Star families of the brave service members lost in the tragic Kabul suicide attack made an emotional plea during a public forum. They demanded that President Biden and his military chiefs step down from their positions, expressing their deep disappointment and frustration with their handling of the situation. You all need to resign immediately. This heart-wrenching testimony showcases the pain and anger experienced by these families. Their voices deserve to be heard and their concerns addressed. Biden's withdrawal from Afghanistan was a disaster of epic proportions. Never forget Afghanistan. Stories like these remind us of the sacrifices made by our brave servicemen and women and the toll it takes on their families. It's important that we honor their memory and never forget their names. 
What a disgrace. I mean, really. There you go with Biden bringing Bo in there. They were able to spend that time with Bo. I'm sorry they lost their son, but it wasn't at all under the exact same circumstances. Bo had cancer. They held his hand at the end. These families, he just dismisses them, looks at his watch when those coffins were being taken off of the plane and put back on to American soul. He looked at his watch every single time. There are videos out there. It's the most disgusting thing I have ever witnessed anybody do. I don't care if you're a president or not. It doesn't matter. You don't do something like that. So the mother of the Marine killed in Kabul suicide blast said that she started shaking from rage when heartless Biden compared her son's death to Bose, who died from cancer. They were able to be by his side. She stood up there and she didn't hold back. She let him know exactly how she felt about him. Check it out. Good morning. My name is Cheryl Rex. I am the mother of Lance Corporal Dylan Marola. I want to thank Congressman Isai and all the dignitaries that are present today so that I may have this opportunity to speak publicly for the first time since the botched and chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan, which took the life of my son and 12 other service members, 170 Afghan civilians, and left hundreds wounded. I am seeking answers to my many questions that have gone, gone unanswered since August 26, 2021. Dylan was on his first deployment to Jordan when the withdrawal from Afghanistan began. That quickly turned into an evacuation of our Afghan allies and civilians when he and his battalion were then redirected to assist in this process. My son was only 20 years old. It begins with the moment when I saw two uniformed Marines awaiting my arrival to inform me that my son had been identified as one of the 13 service members that had been killed at Abbey Gate during Operation Freedom Sentinel, also known as Operation Enduring Freedom. I was told to pack an overnight bag and be ready to go to Delaware for a dignified transfer to receive my son's body. Myself and the other families of our 13 were awaiting for the plane arrival to the United States. When Joe Biden, our elected president, entered the room, when he approached me, his words, to me were, my, my wife Jill and I know how you feel. We lost our son as well and brought him home in a flag-draped coffin. My heart started beating faster and I started shaking knowing that their son died from cancer and they were able to be by his side. Also wondering how someone could honestly. Oh my gosh, if that is not heartbreaking, I, I don't know what is. I, Bless her heart and bless her for speaking out like she did. That took an enormous amount of courage. To speak out against the regime, to call them what they are, is takes an incredible amount of resilience. And her losing her son so senselessly and us losing all of those people. You remember the pictures? We left all of that equipment. We left all of, all of the weaponry. We left, we left everything there. All of it. It was the biggest botched disaster the world has ever seen. No one could even believe it. We had been there 20 years. You know why you don't hear about what's going on in Afghanistan right now? Because of the atrocities that are being committed there. 
And understand, with the 20 years that we were there, think about it, all right? You have got a lot of people that were, were born, right, when, when America occupied that space. And we're making sure that these atrocities didn't happen to those people. Well, then when they withdrew, guess what? You all of a sudden have Al-Qaeda and all of these other groups that came back in to regain their power. And now people that were were used to us being there, used to there being American soldiers to protect them, to help them, and to work alongside of them are all gone. And they are being commanded by a regime. They left Americans there. This is the most unbelievable thing. It, It is so horrible You saw how they were taking off in planes. They were packing in. They didn't care who was on those planes and just taking off. It was a botch job. And yet you have the resident up there claiming and lying about all of it, saying it was successful. It was anything but successful. Even the reports proved that it wasn't successful. Oh, my goodness. So bless her heart that she had to do that. But I'm so glad that she did because, honestly... I, when you think that this regime has hit the bottom, surprise, it's not even close. So she absolutely did. She, he tried to compare callously that her son's death was just like Bo's, wasn't even close. The Marine who survived Joe Biden's botched Afghanistan withdrawal speaks out about his weird meeting with Biden, which left his mom furious. They are out there. People are speaking out against this regime. Regardless of what they're trying to paint, these pictures, there are stories out there and there are people telling them that we're there and they are saying exactly the opposite. So Joe Biden's cold-hearted treatment of veterans is no secret, but a hospital meeting with one courageous soldier who lost a limb during the botched Afghanistan evacuation in August 2021 is another level of depravity. Christina Layla, she reported on the congressional testimony of the Gold Star families where they revealed how Biden treated them following their son's death. One mom even said Joe lied about his own son's death during a meeting with her. You have, because of Joe Biden's idiotic choices, including deciding to withdraw in the middle of the Taliban fighting season 13, Heroic American soldiers were killed and many more critically wounded in a suicide bomb blast in Kabul. Tyler Vargas Andrews, who lost his arm in Kabul, dropped some explosive details last Tuesday on the Sean Ryan show regarding how he was treated by Biden when he came to visit him in the hospital room. Biden angered Vargas Andrews' mother in the process. If President Trump had treated a heroic soldier in the fashion Biden did, this whole, this this would be wall-to-wall news. I mean, that's all you would hear on media outlets. It would be 24-7. And they would never, I mean, that's all you, that's all you would hear. But with Biden, I don't know. How many of you even heard about the story? Probably very few. So here's how the encounter with Biden started. Now, this is according to Vargas Andrews, and he called the meeting weird. He walks in with him and Jill Biden and their little entourage of people. And like 
photographer right away. I remember him coming up to me trying to shake my hand, trying to shake my right hand. I look at him and I'm like, I, I don't have an arm. My left arm is in this big cast with this giant orange effing foam block around it. I'm completely immobile. All I can do is move my hand and he says, oh, and like kind of stands up and goes over to reach for my fingers because it's about an inch of my fingers are showing. Doesn't greet me or anything. That's what happened. Just grabbed my fingers. I was like, okay, that's weird. And you know, almost immediately starts talking about how their son served in the military. Doesn't say anything about what happened. Just started talking about how their son served in the military. And my mom is just like, she's furious at this point. And they're like taking pictures and stuff. Veteran blown up in suicidal Biden surrender of Afghanistan explains what it's like to meet Joe. Joe did not say hello, tried to shake his blown up hand, did not know his name. Joe said, what do you want? Joe left his mother in tears of rage. I cannot even imagine how that mother sat and, and watched that. I cannot even imagine how furious she must have been. Vargas Andros then says that Biden spoke to him in an incredibly insulting manner. He refused to address Vargas Andros by his name and demanded to know what he wanted. When the Marine said he just wanted to be by himself, Biden expressed confusion. Then Biden's staff led him out of the room. He leans over to me and he's, he's like this close to my face and he's like, what do you want? I said, what? And he said, what do you want? And I'm just like confused. I just got blown up and I'm just effing saw my friends die next to me. And I just want to be by myself. And he's like, huh? And my mom's furious. And she's like, he said he just wants to be by himself. He just wants to be him. He said he just wants to be me. And he goes, oh, okay. And they just continued to talk about everything. But what just happened? And then what they, they just ushered him out of the room. They didn't know what to say. They ushered him out of the room and that was that. Vargas Andrews then said his mom on multiple occasions tried to obtain assistance from them. No help ever arrived. Vargas Andrews' mom tried to reach out to the First Lady and tried to get legislation passed for caretakers like herself who owned businesses and don't get any fi financial support for helping their effing service members who got their whole lives blown apart. She wanted to help other service members in the future. They, the Bidens, just pretended to help just effing brushed her off they didn't effing help her at all that's what we've got okay so when i say we have monsters we have monsters don't put anything past these people they don't care about you and that's what i have to tell my liberal friends they do not care and they are waking up to this stories like this just honestly start the conversation and the ball rolling Look what your government did 
to you in order to secure an election. They released a biological weapon on the people of the United States and the world. They didn't care what the outcome would be. They didn't care if they lived or if they died. Then they decided, okay, let's go ahead. Keep them locked up. We've got this election. We've got a ballot harvest, okay? So we're going to start with all these vaccines. You've got President Trump who, who's like, okay, well, let's, let's get this whole thing started. If we need vaccines, we've got, a, we've got an emergency here. We've got to take care of the American people. He's doing whatever he can. Operation Warp Speed. But he never mandated it. He never mandated it. He was trying to help people. But unfortunately, that's not what the what the government was trying to do. No, they are all about depopulation with their friends, New World Order, right? That's what they're all about is depopulation so that they can go ahead and rule the world and all of its glory, right? They don't want us peasants in the way. The only reason why they keep us around is because we're paying the bills for all this stuff. They don't have to fund a thing themselves. I mean, they're going to make sure that when they're building airports, there's a private place for them to fly and land. They're special places. You want to talk about a two-tiered system. It's not going to just stop with the courts. It's going to be a part of every single day life. Segregation, them, us, we're just slaves to them. Why do you think they're getting rid of the middle class? They don't care that you know this. Open borders, the people that are coming through the open borders are used to communism. They're used to socialism. That's why they're fleeing their countries in most cases. And they're coming here. Now, understand, they welcome this idea. Why? Because these people are used to living under a regime. They don't have to be trained. They don't have to be taught. We're too far gone, a lot of us. We believe in our freedoms. We believe in the Constitution. They, we believe in our Bill of Rights. We believe in our God-given rights. We're a group they don't like. They really don't. They don't like us. We will not change from that. We are who we are. So that's why all of this is happening. They're having to change the board. This is a horrible story, but it tells you exactly what you've got here. Not that you need it to know. So we have two Tau. All right. Now, this was quite a story. Now, this was the gentleman, the police officer, who didn't have any involvement in the killing of George Floyd, but simply was trying to keep the people back when they were trying, when George Floyd was out of control. Well, he did nothing wrong. This is not justice. But here you have Tutal, who, who said, I did not commit these crimes. My conscience is clear. I will not be a Judas nor join a mob in self-preservation or betray my God. He said this in court and you're not even going to believe. This story didn't get as much traction as it should have. You had Judge Peter Cahill who said, I was hoping for remorse, regret, acknowledgement of some responsibility and less preaching. This is who this judge is, all right? A complete political activist. Well, let me tell you something. Tutal wasn't handle, wasn't going to, to deal with that at all. He said, no, I have none of that. N- none of what you're describing happened. I have a clear conscience, and that's how I'm going to live out my life. So you can go ahead and, and issue whatever it is you want to issue, but I'm clear here. Listen to him. Any, anything I can pray for, you'll, you'll know where to find me. Anyone else? that uh, would like prayers, uh, you'll know where to find. Thank you, Judge. 
God bless you. He shocked the judge when he said that, okay? This is a really decent person doing his job. I mean, and listen to this judge. To be perfectly honest, after three years of reflection, I was hoping for a little more remorse, regret, acknowledgement of some responsibility. Unless preaching, you and, I'm not, and I'm not going to uh, rehash all the facts from my order, which I found that the things you did and the things you didn't do made you guilty of this crime. I'm not going to rehash all that. Suffice it to say that I think your culpability is less than Mr. Chauvin, but well above Mr. King and Mr. Lane as an experienced senior officer who was in the best position to save George Floyd. Accordingly, it's my belief that a sentence at the top of the range would be condign punishment. So as to count two, having been found guilty by the court of aiding and abetting manslaughter in the second degree, after a trial pursuant to Minnesota Rule of Criminal Procedure 26.01 Subdivision 3, judgment of the court is that you are convicted of that offense. Count one is dismissed pursuant to the negotiation. You are sentenced to 57 months in prison with credit for 340 days already served. Golly, and do you see that smirk, that grandstanding this judge did? Oh, gosh. Just so, so bad. This this is what we have, though. Honestly, they, these people are taking advantage of their power. They wanted him to grovel. They wanted him to cry. They wanted him to scream remorse. No, he did nothing wrong. He has a very clear clear conscience and he will be judged he will be judged by god himself and you know what he feels that he did the right thing and this is a a godly man so i I don't know this definitely shows through listen to what else he said mr tutal most excellent choice in words against political malvolence um you've got it here that seemed to fit his situation so scripture tells us that It is not good to go against your conscience. And despite what this court has ruled, I know we cannot hide our thoughts or intent from God, for we must give an account on the day we appear before God. Therefore, I must obey. Hold on to the truth that I did not commit these crimes. My conscience is clear. All right, we are on the record. This is. Yeah, the judge said that after three years of reflection, that seemed to. Unreal, isn't it? It shouldn't surprise you, though. These are all activist judges. And see, they have to play to this narrative. It's no different than January 6th. The whole George Floyd situation, okay, they needed a scandal like that. They needed a black and white crime on crime, and they needed to divide this country. This is after President Trump was in office. They wanted all kinds of of racial divisions, and that's what they did. And that's what they did with George Floyd. They made George Floyd, and if you know the history of George Floyd, you know exactly how bad this guy actually was. They were trying to restrain him. We're talking about a drug addict. He had all kinds of drugs in his system and everything else. He held a gun to a pregnant woman, all right? This guy was an absolute thug, but they were able and managed, with the help of the media, to turn this person into some kind of saint and the police officers who were only doing their job, right, into the villains.
I am so proud of this person. I am so proud of this two-toe. I mean, honestly, he did not let this judge influence him at all. His conscience is clear. And you know what? For that judge, that was the worst response he could have ever received. Good for him. Good for him. I'm so proud of two for that. When I saw that, I went, okay, so there was one winner here, <laughs> and, and that was the defendant, and he won. He won that round. So Ian Miles Chong at Steel Gray is releasing some of these videos, and this video is not a joke. It isn't satire. It isn't parody. It's Canadian political mar uh, influencer Mark Slepinski saying what he'd like to do to unvaccinated people. It's appalling, and it needs to be called out. Now, here's the deal. You remember, if you weren't vaccinated, not only could you not participate in society, but you had late-night television shows, actors, actresses, musicians, all of them teaming up against you, uh, calling you every single name in the book, calling you a detriment to society and everything else. Well, interestingly enough, you have got so many people, and I don't wish it on anybody, even them, I don't, for them to, to have medical problems as a result of taking this jab. It should have been your own personal choice whether you took it or not. Well, those that did are now looking over their shoulder saying, okay, I wonder if today is the day that my body is going to rebel against that vaccination. You're starting to see things like myocarditis. You're starting to see blood clots. You're starting to see kids, I mean, even children who are having a reaction to all of this. Athletes, perfectly in great shape athletes that are affected by all of it. And if they had a chance now, and all the ridicule, all the arguments that you had, your conversations with your friends and family, some of them who you will probably never speak to again, hopefully you will, because they're victims too, that believed all of this, are now having to live their lives wondering, okay, is, am I going to have some kind of reaction? I've got friends like that. They're saying, hey, you know, every single time I get the sniffles, I'm wondering, is this the time where this jab, which was supposed to be safe, which was supposed to protect me from COVID, which actually gave me COVID, and then they told me that I couldn't participate in society. Now they've lifted all of these mandates, so now we're supposed to all live happily together again. You didn't get the jab. You don't have to look over your shoulder, and I am going to be punished indefinitely wondering what could happen at any given moment to me or anybody else that took it. That's what they have to wake up to every single day. Well, listen to what this man says. Listen to what he thinks should happen to the unvaccinated. We've had a big problem with anti-vaxxers. And I have a solution to the anti-vaxxer question. And some might even say the final solution to the anti-vaxxer question. Here's what we're going to do. Just to start, we're going to take little stickers and we're going to put them on the houses of all the unvaccinated people. Just so people know who they are and where they live. And if that doesn't work, what we're going to do is take all the unvaccinated people, put them on cattle cars and ship them off to work camps. Nice, big, powerful work camps, either in northern Ontario or in Quebec. And here's how this is going to work. We're going to force them to work, free labor, get them to build us stuff and segregate them. So it's killing multiple birds with one stone. Not only are we taking these dirty, disgusting, unvaccinated people and removing them from society, but we're also using them to work for us. And we can even loot them and 
use their assets to fund other parts of society. Now, the way this will work is that they can leave at any time, as long as they are vaccinated. And I think it's a brilliant idea. I think it's the one thing that as a society we could do to solve the problem, to solve people just not wanting to get vaccinated. I've tried everything. I've tried talking with them. I've tried being nice to them. I can tell you that doesn't work. The only thing that works with these dirty, unvaccinated people is maximum pressure. You got to keep that pressure on. And if it means labeling them, if it means taking them, stripping them of all their rights and sending them to work camps, I'm all for it. Oh, my God. That's real. I cannot even believe it. But yes, that's real. That's what they think should happen. Well, don't forget. Okay, don't forget AOC said that that needs to happen to us too, right? We need to go to re-education camps, right? Because we believe in the Constitution, because of we believe in our freedom of speech. Yes, this idea, it, he's not the first one to bring this up. There have been multiple people that have been saying this for years because we did not comply. All right. So again, I see people saying, who is this person? Okay, his name, he's a political, he's a Canadian political influencer. His name is Mark Slapinski. Slapinski. That's S-L-A-P-I-N-S-K-I. And I'm going to drop this into chat so that you all have it and you can keep it for your records. Yeah, people like this exist. But it's not just him. That's the thing. I mean, I've gotten into so many arguments with people. Exactly. There are some of us that you're not going to change our minds, but I've never had any of my friends say, well, we need to, you know, off you, you know, into a a re-education program where you're going to be reprogrammed. What kind of thinking is that? Total Nazi, this guy. All right. So here you have it. Flashback to last month in the RNC reminds us of more heroes where IRS whistleblower Gary Shapley, the Justice Department, allowed the president's political appointees to weigh in on whether to charge the president's son. Here he is under oath. The Justice Department allowed the president's political appointees to weigh in on whether to charge the president's son. After United States Attorney for D.C. Matthew Graves, appointed by President Biden, refused to bring charges in March 2022, I watched United States Attorney Weiss tell a room full of senior FBI and IRS senior leaders on October 7, 2022, that he was not the deciding person on whether char- charges were filed. That was my red line. The justice. Okay, now you understand, hero. Can you imagine you have this nice cushy job, you go to work, you do your thing, right? And you were watching the government cover up for the sitting resident and his son. You've got all of these people. Now, it's a shame that we only have a handful that have only come forward because that's the kind of pressure. Those are the kind of threats that these people are under. Anybody that speaks out against this regime, even if you hint at it, I believe it's acting like, you know, a communist government right now, if you work for the government and if they even suspect that you will speak out against them, they are going to handle you in their own way. That's how frightening this is. So the mere fact that we have whistleblowers at all 
that say, hey, you know what? This isn't what I signed up for. I need to report this. I need to make sure that I tell people exactly what's happened. They also talked about the fact that they've been letting the statute of limitations run out. This is also has everything to do with the latest Weiss appointment. There is so much wrong with Weiss being appointed that it's almost comical in a bad way, like not in a funny ha-ha way, but like, what? Really? Because if you can't see it for what it is, then I don't know how to help you. This is only, it's a delay tactic. It's also to prevent Weiss from testifying before Congress because that's exactly what he was going to do. So there's so many questions. He, he, they claim he didn't have the powers, but then why do they have to issue them to him? When then they said they did have the powers. They have been lying nonstop to the people of this country, and they're going to do things their way, and they'll put people in those positions to make sure that their goals are accomplished. Exclusive. You have a, this is from The Insider, a veteran FBI agent told Congress that investigations into Giuliani and other Trump allies were suppressed. Of course they were. Of course they were. An FBI veteran said his superiors suppressed investigations of Trump. Insider can exclusively reveal them. Are we going to do public corruption or not? The whistleblower said to Insider. He said his boss ordered him to stop investigating Giuliani and the Trump White House. So you have a veteran FBI counterintelligence agent who says that his superior told him to stop investigating Rudy Giuliani and cut off contact with any sources who reported on corruption by associates of President Donald Trump, according to the whistleblower complaint. The agent who served 14 years as a special agent for the Bureau, including a long stint in Russia-focused counterintelligence, claimed a 22 in a 22-page statement that his bosses interfered with his work in a highly suspicious suppression of investigations and intelligence gathering amid aimed at protecting certain political active figures and possibly also FBI agents who were connected to Russian and Ukrainian oligarchs. Those figures, the statement claims, explicitly included anyone in the White House and any former or current associate of President Trump. Now you remember, Giuliani, they attacked him viciously. He was making trips over there to expose all of the corruption. They did not want any part of that investigation exposed on any level. Giuliani, he was the one that made sure that he was getting those copies of Hunter Biden's laptop. They knew the connections between the Bidens and all of these oligarchs, whether it be in Russia, Ukraine, whether it be in China. They knew what was happening. They knew that they were selling access. We heard about this long time ago when they were stealing the election. And everybody wanted to cover up the laptop. They didn't touch that laptop. Think about the FBI having the laptop in their possession, right, since 2019. And still, all they have done is that they've confirmed that they had it. Then they said they lost it. Well, fortunately enough, we had the computer repair shop guy who the original laptop was left in the hands of who made copies of it because somewhere... He had a little voice inside of his head that said, you know what, for protection purposes, don't really trust the FBI to do their job. You may want to make some copies of this. 
And it was his right to do so. He owned it at that point. Hunter abandoned it in some kind of drug, I don't know, stupor. He completely forgot about that laptop. They weren't expecting that. Another hero. Here we go. It was Piccolosi. Former Capitol Police Chief reveals the setup behind January 6th. Now, this was an incredible interview with Tucker Carlson. That also happened this week. You have the bombshell interview with former Capitol Police Chief Stephen Sund on Wednesday, during which you had Sund explain what happened on January 6th in great detail. This is the article. This is the information they did not want out. They never wanted the public to see any of this, all right? And this is another thing with Fox News. And apparently, from what I'm understanding, a lot of their top hosts are threatening or want to jump on Tucker Carlson's new channel. And if that happens, so long, farewell, Fox. I mean, it's over. But the fact that you've got Fox that never aired any of this information, that that settled with Dominion, all right, in order to fire Tucker Carlson and make sure that he wasn't able to get any of these stories out there, let you know exactly what you have with with Fox. And don't forget, Paul Ryan, he sits on the board of Fox. Fox has been compromised and has been for a long time, all right? They have been pulling the shots. They've been deciding who can and cannot say what, and this guy came out and thank goodness for Tucker and others, they have this interview now, and it is a head turner for sure. So Carlson and Sund had notably recorded an entire interview on Fox News. It never aired. Perhaps most damning is Sund's claim that then House Speaker Nancy Piglosi, Democrat California, refused to authorize the deployment of the National Guard at the Capitol despite Sun's pleas, and that federal agencies withheld information and warning signs of potential dangers prior to the riot. It doesn't seem like people really wanted to get to the bottom of it, said Sun, adding it really doesn't, and it just gets worse. It just gets worse from there. Sund got approval to bring in the National Guard at 2.09 p.m. Before his approval, he alleged that he begged several generals, including General Michael Flynn, to bring the National Guard. The officials told Sund they did not like the optics of the National Guard, as he allegedly begged for their assistance to intervene in violence. This sounds like a setup to me, Carlson said, adding... I'm sorry, it does. To which Sund respond, replied, it gets better. So I beg and beg. And he goes, well, I'm going to walk down the hall and we'll talk to the Secretary of Defense or whoever he's going to talk to. Right then I get a notification. Oh, I'm still on the call. We have the shooting of Ashley Babbitt. And I said, we have shots firing. I still remember yelling over the phone, we have shots firing on the U.S. Capitol. Is that urgent enough for you now? According to Sund, the National Guard didn't show up until 6 p.m., hours after the fatal shooting of Babbitt. He also claimed that the Pentagon deployed resources to the homes of generals, but not the Capitol. Watch. 
you've described this as an intelligence failure, but a failure is something that happens accidentally. None of the okay. Now this is talking about the storming of the Capitol, killing members of Congress, or killing my police officers was ever discussed at the conference calls that I was on at least. That doesn't seem to make sense at all. It doesn't make sense. I'm looking at my men and women having their asses handed to them. And, and my first thought was, fuck it, I will take whatever yes. discipline there is. Once things got out of control, for 71 minutes, Pelosi refused to allow you to bring in the National Guard. Why don't we have answers? It, it doesn't seem like people really want to get to the bottom of it. And it gets worse from there. I had a conference call with the leaders of all the law enforcement. It was a call I coordinated. Not one person on that call talked about any concerns for the, the intelligence, the attack on the Capitol, that we were seeing that was out there. That's what's, that's what's scary. This sounds like a setup to me. I'm sorry, it does. New Jersey State Police beat DC National Guard to the Capitol. Wait, cops drove from New Jersey before the National Guard could get from the armory on Capitol Hill to the Capitol? Why isn't this story everywhere? I have no idea. They don't want it everywhere, that's why. So I'm gonna drop this in because it's a 55 minute interview and we don't have 55 minutes. Plus, I wanna make sure that if you haven't seen it, you watch the entire interview because it's absolutely fabulous. And it tells you everything you need to know, right? The Fed surrection, this was a setup. And yes, Hans E. J., it is treason, absolutely. They have countered all of these attacks on the American people because we put President Trump into office. They are so upset over that. And now with the threat of President Trump going back into the Oval Office, they are doubling down their efforts. I mean, that was a warning. If you ask me, the FBI killing that 72-year-old gentleman, let me tell you something. That spoke volumes. This man could barely even stand up on his own. All right? But they are telling you that they will go to any means. It doesn't matter to make sure that they make you an example. You go against us, all right? We're going to come after you in a big way. Tucker's explosive interview with former Capitol Police Chief, the story Fox didn't air, Piccolosi, and who all knew what, when, and where. Don't think McConnell isn't on that list. Let me just give you a little spoiler alert. He absolutely knew what was going on. They both knew. They set it up. They wanted to be able to use the story. They knew that President Trump wasn't going to stop fighting. They knew he was going to throw his hat into the election again and that he was going to win by an absolute landslide. And they thought, oh, my gosh, we're going to have to do this again. We're going to have to go through another election with President Trump winning in an absolute landslide, and we're going to have to cheat. We're going to have to put on another facade and, and act like Joe Biden got 81 million votes when he absolutely did not. He did not get more votes than Obama. He did not get more votes than President Trump. I barely think that he even scratched the surface of anything. He probably got less votes than anybody ever in the history. But here's the thing. They are going to have to do that again. And now with the trouble with Gavin Newsom gruesome with the whole lab situation, that's not going to be a real good look. And the fact that he is running California into the ground and the fact that people are fleeing my state and he wants to throw his hat into the race. Good luck. Oh, or are they going to go for but a judge? Okay. Who's who can't even handle being transportation secretary. All right. More things have happened under his watch or rather haven't happened under his watch than any we've ever seen before. Talk about incompetence mayor pete is at the bottom of the list and thanks to patriots that have exposed him both with the whole thing that happened in ohio and just regular flights in general this guy is a complete and total bozo 
Nobody would ever trust Pete to run this country. All right, so you've got that. Then you have Kamala Harris. Um, Cackling hen Kamala. VD, as I like to call her, Harris. Well, I mean, she basically checks the boxes, but that's all she checks. I mean, she doesn't even check in. She doesn't even know how to get to the border. Her simple little tasks aren't good. They keep her out and from in front of the camera because she's so bad at communications all right she can't even do it she can't even have a conversation she can't even read a speech sorry we won't survive that either she's a laughing stock the biden regime is a laughing stock and they know it but they've been in dc's forever bureaucracies have been there and they just move them from one position to another position and that's how it rolls so you have comer he says that biden and son hunter will be subpoenaed over alleged corruption business dealings. Then he starts to kind of backtrack on all of that, okay? When I first saw the story, I was like, yes, finally. Okay, Cash Patel, he's been talking about subpoenas for quite some time now, right? Get them all out there. Let's get them all. Subpoena them. Subpoena power, you have it, use it. And then they start to pull back on all of that because they're worried. Somebody's threatening them. They're not going to do their job. They're going to put on this show trial, kind of like January 6th was supposed to be, on how bad Biden is, and then they think they've done their job. Well, as I recall, with January 6th, we've got people that are serving time now. So we expect the exact same thing with these investigations, Republican. We expect people to to you know serve time as a result of all of this. We don't like all this, you know, fun fair. That's not going to work for us. Not at, not at this point. This is way we're way past this. This is more serious than anything we've ever experienced in our country. So you've got the House Oversight and Accountability Committee chairman James Comer, Republican Kentucky. He said on Thursday that his ongoing investigation of alleged Biden family corruption stemming from Hunter Biden's business dealings with Russia, Ukraine and Chinese oligarchs was always going to end with subjects coming before the committee. In other words, President Joe Biden and his family would be subpoenaed to testify before the committee about their overseas business dealings. This is always going to end with the Bidens coming in front of the committee. We are going to subpoena the family. Comer told Fox News show host Maria Bartiromo, she said, we're putting the case together to win in court. Obviously, with all the opposition and obstruction we're getting from the Bidens' attorneys, now we know that this is going to end up in court when we subpoena the Bidens. So we're putting together a case, and I think we've done that very well. All right, but here's the problem. You still have Garland up there, okay? You still have Ray up there. Why are you not impeaching these people? That has to happen. All right. You have got to correct the wrongs. All of these people that are protecting these players, that is their number one focus right now. They're not focused on anything other than protecting the Bidens and this administration and Obama. That's all they're there to do. And Clinton. That That is their job. So he kind of hummed and hawed the very next day about all of that. And so everybody's kind of wondering, OK, so if you're going to backtrack on that, who got a hold of you? I hope we'll see it. Oh, and a Cash Patel update. He's going to be here, not the 26th, for an interview. He's going to be here on September 9th, I 
think that's what we decided on. But I wanted to tell you that because I'm really excited about this interview. He didn't realize that he was going out of the country and because his schedule is just jam-packed with all kinds of stuff. So 26 is out. We're moving it to September and I will keep you updated. But it looks like September 9th we totally are a go on he's really excited I've told him all that we've been talking about that that he has been nominated to so many different positions and he appreciates everyone's support (laughs) he's like thanks tell everybody thanks I'm like oh you wouldn't believe it we've got so many fans of yours and we really think you're the man for the job now it doesn't matter if it's holding you know the gavel or whether it means that you're the FBI director we're we have got your future figured out cash all right just leave it to us We figured out your future plans. You don't even have to apply. (laughs) We're just going to put you there. So you have all of that going on. You have Chip Roy, who went completely scorched earth, told Biden he can go straight to hell over the border crisis. That's the thing. You have to understand, we're living in this country. We are seeing exactly the results of the Biden regime. The results are horrible. You've got an open border. You've got fentanyl just pouring through the country, human trafficking, all of those things, and they aren't doing anything about it. So Texas Republican Representative Chip Roy, he went scorched earth, and he he did it on the entire Biden administration for allowing the Mexican drug cartels to control our southern border after images of armed cartel members wearing body armor were seen crossing the border unopposed. The resident and this administration can go straight to hell, Roy explained in a visit to Fox Business News Network on talk about the border crisis in the Lone Star State. He just let loose and he said, uh, you know, again, making the rounds saying, oh, we're not going to put up with this. Well, then what are you going to do about it? Uh, I've got a suggestion. Impeach Mayorkas, please, like immediately. But he's not going to do it. I don't see impeachments. Remember impeachment week? I'm old enough to remember impeachment week. And not only that, many of them have have said, we're going to bring forth and have articles of impeachment, but it goes absolutely nowhere. Kevin McCarthy is not going through with it. He's not doing anything about it. He is the swamp, okay? We've called it from the very beginning. These cartels are emboldened and empowered by a resident who does not care about our southern border, Roy said on Tuesday. He is allowing it to be completely run by the cartels. And if anybody has not seen The Sound of Freedom, go see it. Go see what's happening in the world. Go see who has the power. Go see who is, you know, abusing these young girls, these young children. We're allowing that to happen on our watch congressman roy continued no more that's my message well if i i find it really amazing that we all sat here and watched the fbi raid epstein island okay there is a full-blown client list you've got a madam in lockup you've got epstein who was killed hmm that's how i see it uh and when he was incarcerated under bars watch and all of these people, you've got lists, you've got, you've got princes, you've got royalty, you've got, you've got different people, higher ups in government and, and corporate world, etc. that visited 
Epstein Island that made rounds there, right, that ran in those circles. And if you think that Epstein Island just stopped there, they have multiple Epstein Islands. It's just a figure, okay? It's just a a spot that people like to talk about. It didn't stop there. It it's going on right now. They they're still feeding that their habits and they're still and their appetites. And it's a horrible, horrible situation. But they kept all of that from the public. They made sure they sent the FBI in, run by Ray, who should also be impeached, to cover up and take out all of that information, right? We should be prosecuting all of those people that abused those young women and young men on that island. Absolutely, we should. We have got stories upon stories about who was there, Prince Andrew, Bill Clinton, Gates. You've got all of the biggest names. That's why you're not hearing about it. That's why they covered it up. That's why they went there to begin with. And you'll never know about it if it's, if it's on their watch. Because they're part of this whole thing. And they're going to keep all of this going. So what's going on at the border, this is normal for them. They're not going to tackle this. Never. He goes on to say, we have a job to do to Congress. And my message to all Republican colleagues is that we are not going to fund a government that is at war with the people of Texas. We are not going to fund a government that is perpetrating the lawlessness and empowering cartels, allowing fentanyl to kill Americans and allow little girls to get raped in stash houses in Texas, he railed. Enough is enough. This is our fight, and I'm tired of Republicans who are giving lip service to it and for years have been supporting it because they want cheap labor. We need to recontrol our border. Even John F. Kennedy Jr. gets it. We have an obligation to have a secure border, Roy concluded. Roy followed that appearance with a letter calling for Congress to withhold funding from the federal government until Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas Mayorkas, is removed from his position. Like I said, until until this starts happening, we're not going to see anything change at all. Not at all. They're they're just nothings. They're uh, just do-nothings, Republicans. That's all they are. Gates has a plan to grant Trump immunity against legal battles. Now, this is from RSBN, and this article was released on August 9th. And here it is. You've got Representative Matt Gates, Republican Florida, who unveiled a plan to aid President Trump against the questionable legal battles he is currently facing. In an interview with Turning Point USA founder and CEO Charlie Kirk Tuesday, he discussed the details. He said his plan, he believes it would, it would immunize Donald Trump from Jack Smith's politically weaponized crusade, bring Trump in to testify before the House as a whistleblower, thereby triggering certain pre-existing immunity protections. Will it work? Hmm, no idea. So this is fabulous. It's a great idea. Talk, talk about thinking outside of the box. Hey, they use, this is an ongoing investigation. Why shouldn't President Trump be able to do the same? Then he wins. Then he stops all of this madness. Check out this interview. You have a rather creative idea 
regarding Donald Trump testifying. I don't even quite understand it, so walk us through it. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's all that creative. Let's start here. If Congress does not assert its equities in this Jack Smith matter, those equities will dissolve. Right now, my worry is that too many of my colleagues in Congress think, well, this is an ongoing matter, so we just have to allow it to play out. And it's the same loser mentality that infected much of the Congress in the early days of the Robert Mueller investigation. Obviously, we proved that to be the fraud that it was. And not for nothing, Charlie, but you got to see this guy McGonagall, who was on the ground floor of the investigation to accuse Trump of working with Russia, has now pled guilty to working with Russia. But back to this matter, here's what we ought to do, and we shouldn't make it that complicated. First, we should tell Jack Smith that he has to show up and give a transcribed interview to the House Judiciary Committee in the next 15 days. If he doesn't do that, we should issue a subpoena. If he ignores the subpoena, we should hold him in criminal contempt of Congress and force him to be the first prosecutor to bring a case while under criminal contempt himself. And if Merrick Garland won't enforce that criminal contempt, then he subjects himself to an impeachment of the House. So it would be a, an attorney general under impeachment, a prosecutor under contempt. And I think that frames what's going on better than just sitting back and hoping we hear no evil, see no evil, and speak no evil as this plays out. Because if we grant the premise, Charlie, that this is an ongoing legitimate matter, then it just builds into it the, the, the notion that it is law enforcement activity and not election interference. Congress has equities at play with election interference. We ought to do that. Simultaneous to that, you can actually bring President Trump in to give testimony to the Congress and in doing so, immunize him. Now, there's different forms of immunity that take place at the committee level, subcommittee level. In some instances, for full immunity, you have to have um, more of a supermajority vote. But if you had a supermajority vote of a committee, like Speaker McCarthy could set up a select committee tomorrow they could bring Trump in and immunize him, and then we could proceed with the very legitimate investigative work that we're doing of the Bidens and the corrupt DOJ. So, Unfortunately, so none of those things are happening. Instead, Congress is is not in, in Washington, not assembled. And I, I think the timing is on purpose. No timing in D.C. is ever just, you know, a uh, – a mere coincidence. And so right as Congress is leaving town, right as we're walking away from our equities, you see this acceleration of activity against Trump. So, of course, of course, all of this is by design, every single last bit of it. You all know this. Of course you do. So Gates pointed out the legitimacy of the charges against President Trump is questionable, and those who oppose him have already been caught in legal troubles of their own. He called out ex-FBI agent Charles McGonagall, I guess that's how he said it, <laughs> and his role in the Robert Mueller investigation of the Russia collusion hoax against President Trump, which was debunked by the Durham report. See, that's the thing. Did you realize how quickly they got rid of the Durham report? It was only in the news like 30 days, I think, if that. And they really tried to skate and put that underneath the rug. We were begging for that report. But see, here's the problem. With that report, a lot of these things, a lot of these crimes that were pointed out, they allowed the statute of limitations to run out. Also, you didn't have Durham really pressing some of these these witnesses he was trying to call people in to talk to him but didn't put substantial amount of pressure on them because they kind of laughed at him and said uh -huh, no we're not going to do that thanks so 
Nothing ever happened as a result, but the report is damning in and of itself. You would be amazed at what was determined there. The whole thing, the whole Russia, 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 completely blown out of the water. Those people that you were arguing with for the four years of Trump's presidency, where they were saying that President Trump was, you know, had all of these connections with Russia and that he had sold out and all of that stuff, Russia, 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 the dossier, everything else. It was all completely made up using your taxpayer money. You have... Hillary Clinton, who is walking around, and her life has not changed one little tiny bit, other than being an angry Karen who walks around all day just with Trump living inside her her head rent-free. That's all she is. She is an empty shell of a person, and the only thing that she wakes up for and lives for right now is, did they get Trump yet? She's going to go to her grave saying, but did they get him yet? That's how evil this woman is. But I kind of like the fact that, that she just can't get past it. It's really kind of a victory lap for all of us. But at the same time, what he's having to endure as a result of these crooks is like nothing we've ever seen before. And the fact that they are using our taxpayer money to put on these show trials is ridiculous. So he said first, and we should tell Jack Smith, that he had to show up and give a transcribed interview to the House Judiciary Committee in the next 15 days. Gates noted that the House should issue a subpoena if he refuses and then hold him in criminal contempt if he continues to ignore the subpoena. Force him to be the first prosecutor to bring a case while under criminal contempt himself. And if Merrick Garland won't enforce that criminal contempt, then he subjects himself to an impeachment of the House, he added. The strategy is built to display the questionable grounds for the charges against Trump. In addition, Gates then suggested that the House bring Trump in to testify as a whistleblower in regard to the questionable actions of the DOJ to grant him immunity. He described a need to be unconventional due to the nature of the current weaponization of the government, stating, I think the timing is on purpose. No timing in these sleaze, as I like to call it, is ever just a mere coincidence. Gates said that if Trump were to become the ultimate whistleblower, it would grant protections from a weaponized political attacks and neuter the deprivation of rights and the conspiracy charges. Furthermore, this plan could allow President Trump to blow the whistle on Nancy Piglosi and her refusal to accept armed troops on January 6. It's never something that you typically think of as a first step, he said, but Gates admitted that he thinks the DOJ has become the enforcement wing of the Democrat Party. You think? Of course, Gates, come on. You're smarter than that, bud. We've known this. They are completely armed, and they're not just against President Trump. They're armed against we, the people of the United States of America, the citizens of this country. I mean, 87,000 IRS you know, agents armed going after citizens? You think that's a mere coincidence? No, it's not. He noted that most Republicans are not preparing to fight for their side and warned that the Democrats are. They're coming after our people, our movement, and our president, he declared. Oh, believe me, Gates, we live it every single day. I mean, we've got, we've got the wounds to prove it. We've got the track, we've got the track records, no doubt.
So you have Representative Greg Stube. He announces to file impeachment resolution against Joe Biden for bribery, extortion, obstruction of justice, fraud, financial involvement in drugs, and prostitution. We have all the facts and evidence now. Okay, so again, we already have some more. You know, we have some impeachment articles that have been filed. And he's got the draft ready. Bribery, extortion, obstruction of justice, fraud, financial involvement, and drugs and prosecution. It's just wild this is all playing out. It's like some kind of crime thriller, really. Nothing on Netflix. I don't watch Netflix or any of the other woke shows. I don't watch television television at all. I don't listen to podcasts. I don't, you know, I just read transcripts all day and go on social media. And the things that I learned from there, because I know that these are what people actually said, not what the lamestream media is trying to betray. But this whole thing, the way this is being exposed and the way this whole thing went down, let me tell you something, I can guarantee you there is nothing on Netflix that's this good. So on Thursday, you had Representative Greg Stube, who made a significant announcement during an appearance on Newsmax with David Harris Jr., who was filing, who was filling in for Rob Schmidt. The Florida congressman revealed his intentions to file an impeachment resolution against Joe Biden on multiple charges on Friday. The member of the Select Subcommittee on Weaponization of the Federal Government, Stoop revealed his intentions to file an impeachment resolution against Biden. On Friday, I intend to on filing impeachment resolution on Joe Biden for bribery, for extortion, obstruction of justice, fraud, financial involvement in drugs and prostitution, all of these things. I mean, they've got evidence supporting every single last bit of it supporting allegations witness testimonies financial records text messages phone conversations and the controversial laptop that has been linked to biden's son hunter he emphasized that republicans have been gathering this evidence since the beginning of of the congress and that he believes that there's enough to support the impeachment articles We have all of the facts and evidence now. They'll be filed today. So we'll do a press release with all the details. It's pages upon pages of all the different things that we have gathered as Republicans, he said. There is a litany of evidence here that there have been many crimes that have been committed. And even if it was just to the family members and not Joe, that's still a crime. If my wife was getting millions of dollars from a foreign from foreign governments, you don't think that that's bribery or extortion and that falls in line with us. There's there were things that Grassley made public on the Senate side of the 5 million payment as it relates to Burisma in Ukraine. There is so much factual predicate for these articles of impeachment. This is what's so incredible. I mean, remember, a phone call right? Is what they impeached President Trump for, right? I mean, this is the craziest thing we have ever, ever witnessed. You've got all of these other things that they have on Joe Biden, and they're not going to bring forth articles of impeachment. You, we've, I don't know how many times this has been filed now, but it needs to go ahead and happen. I, this Senate, the Republic, the Republican Senate truly needs to be they need to vote in front of the american people so that we can go ahead and see them for what they are or at least the people that haven't been following 
the Joni Ernst, the McConnell, you know, the regular rhinos, Mitt Romney, and make sure that the American people know. So the next time that they they have a primary, we get them out of office. That's all. What's so wild is this guy, Vivek Ramaswamy. I mean, truly amazing. He's now in second place. (laughs) DeSantis is in third place because this guy knows how to play. He absolutely knows how to play. He understands that the only side to be on is President Trump's side as just a human being. Take the politics out of this whole thing. They are attacking this man, and this is why he is running away in the polls. So I'm sure what he wants is probably a position in President Trump's cabinet. But he's doing all the right things. He said, Vivek Ramaswamy, he defends Trump, demands government tell the truth about what's driving the prosecution. He's one of the only ones out there, probably the only one out there that is running for president that is defending him. So again, he comes up into the hero section. Just because somebody needs to, let's talk about the obvious. So you have Republican hopeful Vivek Ramaswamy. He recently posted a video to Twitter in which he defended Trump regarding the latest sham indictment. He also called out Biden and the White House for lying to the American people and demanded that they come clean about what's really happening here. Republican presidential Vivek Ramaswamy is backing former President Donald Trump on legal matters matters ahead of Thursday's arraignment in Washington, D.C., asserting that the symbolic moment of today is something far deeper than just this case and demanding the government tell the American people the truth about the flurry of prosecutions. Standing outside of the courthouse in De Slees, you had Ramaswamy demanded that the government tell the American people the truth about the flurry of prosecutions against his competitor. Today I'm in front of the courthouse in Washington, D. Slees, where the 45th President of the United States, my competitor in this race, will be arraigned later today. But I think the symbolic moment of today is something far deeper than just this case. We live in an era of the noble lie, the so-called lie that the government tells to its people because it believes the people can't handle the truth. Why is it that we see the rise of three different indictments, three supposedly independent prosecutions at the same time in the midst of a presidential election, he asked, explaining that it is because the government does not trust the people to select their leaders. The reason the people don't trust the government is that the government doesn't trust the people. And he goes on to say, look, I am here at the courthouse where President Trump will be arraigned and I will be making a demand to our government. Tell us the truth about what's really driving this flurry. Here's the thing. Okay, it's not that we can't handle it. It's not that we can't handle the truth. It's that if we know the truth, then we're going to want these people prosecuted. Well, we do know the truth. We have evidence upon evidence of truth. Now prosecute them already, all right? Don't allow them to keep their positions in government. Don't allow them to keep their special security clearances. Don't don't let it go on business as usual and de-sleaze. Stop the madness. The Republicans actually have the power to do that. They're just not using it. And there's a reason why they're not using it. They're all part of the swamp. So our biggest hero of them all, the one that shines the brightest, is President Donald Trump. 
And this was one of his posts that he put out there yesterday, and it's Lawfare. And I'm going to play you this clip from Jesse Waters, Fox News, because it pretty much nails it. Check it out. The judge in Donald Trump's January 6th case just set a big trap for the former president. If you read the headlines, you'd believe that Judge Tanya Chutkin came out and ruled in Trump's favor on the state's proposed gag order, which would have completely barred him from discussing his case, documents, evidence, witnesses, the whole thing. Chutkin ruled that Trump is only barred from discussing sensitive information. Okay. Well, what constitutes sensitive information? Oh, nothing. Just every single person interviewed by prosecutors because they could be witnesses. Well, that's going to be a problem because Trump happens to be running a presidential campaign against Mike Pence. How is Trump going to debate Mike Pence if he can't talk about Mike Pence? Chutkin doesn't care. During the hearings today, she told Trump's attorneys this. The fact that he is running a political campaign currently has to yield to the administration of justice. And if that means he can't say exactly what he wants to say in a political speech, that is just going to how it's going to be have to. Adding that she'll be scrutinizing his statements very carefully. Do you really expect Trump to abide by these rules? The case is, is a ridiculous case. It's a First Amendment case. But we don't want Trump to speak. So they want me, they take away your rights on First Amendment. Now they sue because they're, so now I have one of these lunatic reporters back there saying, sir, we'd like to talk to you about your case. Or, or I'm sorry, I'm not allowed to talk about it. Somehow that's not good for votes. Do you agree? When we say, I can't talk, I'd love to, t I will talk about it. I will. They're not taking away my First Amendment right. Trump's at his best when he's riffing off the cuff, obviously, and this order is just another attempt to keep him from speaking freely. Biden's Justice Department's already trying to lock him up in a courtroom from January until May. And anytime he steps out onto the trail, there's going to be a whole bunch of booby traps out there waiting for him. And that's the goal. Will Kane's a Fox and Friends weekend co-host. So, Will, what do you think the chances are that he busts through this gag order uh, the first night on the trail? 100%. Sure bet, Jesse. Take it to the bank. And this will be a problem. This will be something for the judge to decide. Will I continue or will I be a participant in what's become lawfare? You know, it's true that you can restrict a defendant's speech, Jesse. You can say, look, a criminal trial takes precedent. And in normal circumstances, you would say, well, that shows the lack of wisdom in the original prosecutor, the DOJ. In going after Trump, you'd say, well, what a, what a uh, evidence of humility. Show some wisdom. You've compromised a political process by your pursuit of these weak charges. But I want to say this is not a normal situation. So what we're seeing play out is exactly as intended. It's not a lack of wisdom. It is purpose and intention. This is lawfare. This is using the justice system, the DOJ, the court system, to influence an election. If you could control and that's illegal. So, I mean, they can talk all day long about this stuff, but here's the deal. Nobody's going to keep President Trump from exercising his freedom of speech. And again, that's another reason why I love the fact that he is doing all of his communicating on truth. Because you know what? He knows over there his speech is not going to be silenced. So they can come after him all they want, but it's not. They are the ones that should be investigated for just this election interference. So this Obama judge, 
Tanya Chutkin previously expressed anger that Trump was still free and not behind bars. She's already convicted him, okay? She is doing the work of the Democrat Party. How is she allowed to oversee Trump's January 6th trial? They're trying to have it move to any state but DeSlees. I can tell you that. Obama-appointed judge Tanya Chutkin previously expressed anger that President Trump was a free man and not behind bars. In October 2022, Judge Chutkin, she slammed President Trump as she berated a January 6er during a sentencing hearing. It's blind loyalty to one person who, by the way, remains free to this day, Judge Chutkin said, referring to Trump as she blasted a January 6er. No wonder they couldn't wait to get President Trump in front of this particular judge. This was calculated. Today, you had Judge Tanya Chutkin warned Trump's lawyers that politics had no place in her courtroom. Now, this was, this was on August 11th, so this was yesterday, or in this case. But here you've got Judge Chutkin berating a January 6er during a sentencing hearing in October 2022. She clearly expressed anger that Trump was still free and not behind bars. Judge Chutkin also said January 6th protesters tried to violently overthrow the government. She has already made up her mind on January 6th, and she is allowed to preside over Trump's January 6th trial, where the former president is facing four federal counts, which are, again, conspiracy to defraud the United States, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, obstruction of and attempt to obstruct an official proceeding, and conspiracy against rights. This was nothing less than an attempt to violently overthrow the government, the legally, lawfully, peacefully elected government by individuals who were mad that their guy lost. The judge said to a nonviolent woman who pleaded guilty to obstruction, this is an absolute political... Uh, person. I mean, this, this person, you cannot even deny it. She's made up her mind. She is not going to even hear out the case. She's made all of these statements. She needs to recuse herself or they, they need to make sure that she isn't the person that's going to be over, uh, you know, overseeing this thing. I, I can't even believe that she's still, she's still calling the shots. She's not going to back down though. I mean, understand that's why she's there. Recall that Judge Chutkin on Friday warned Trump's lawyers that politics have no place in her courtroom. She says there are limits regardless of what's going on. And and I, ha I hate to say it, his day job, this is a criminal this is a criminal case. The need for this criminal case to proceed in the normal order and protect witnesses and integrity of the process means there are going to be limits on the defendant's speech, the judge said, arguing the First Amendment is not absolute. Judge Chutkin said she doesn't care that gagging Trump will impact his presidential campaign. Chutkin said, I cannot and I will not factor into my decisions the influence it will have on a political campaign on either side. Judge, Chut Ju Judge Tanya Chutkin is treating President Trump worse than other defendants, including a meth dealer. I read you all of that. And this was from a noted attorney, Techno Fog. I don't know if you, you follow Techno Frog 
I've called frog sometimes. Fog. It's fog, not frog. I had somebody call me out. They said, you know what? I went all over X looking for, for techno frog and one never appeared. So I apologize in advance. <laughs> it's techno fog. And you can find him there on on Twitter. Well, formerly known as Twitter X. And um, but he's been looking through Judge Chutkin's recent history and provided evidence of bias after she denied the gag order hearing dates requested by Trump's lawyers. She gave the meth dealer a one week deadline to respond to a protective order. The judge also set the hearing two weeks out after it was submitted, according to Techno Fog. In contrast, you had Judge Chutkin, who gave Trump only one day to respond to a request for a protective order. This is clear evidence of bias. Not only should she be recused, but she should lose her law license and she should use, lose her ability to oversee cases like this, where she is emotionally and politically tainted, because that's exactly what's showing up here. The other hero... And I want to give you this before we go, is we have Michigan AG Dana Nessel, who is confirming the 8,000 to 10,000 suspected fraudulent registrations delivered to Muskin clerk October 2020, as noted in Michigan State Police report, she buried from the public. So you have Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel on Thursday confirmed that 8,000 to 10,000 suspected fraudulent registrations were delivered to Muscon City Clerk prior to the 2020 election. This is a huge story. The far-left Detroit News reported on this latest development on Thursday after reporting by the Gateway Pundit earlier this week. A redacted police report describes how Muscon City Clerk Meish entered a woman dropping off 8,000 to 10,000 completed voter registration applications. It included the same handwriting, non-existent addresses, and incorrect phone numbers. An investigation found that the woman worked for GBI Strategies. You remember who GBI Strategies is. We've been, we've been giving you that information about them. They have a house, not even a headquarters, located in Virginia. GBI Strategies was funded by Dark Money Super PAC, Black Pack, which paid them $11,254,919 to register voters for Joe Biden. Now, they had all kinds of operations going on all across the United States. The Gateway Pundit reported earlier that during the investigation, the police found guns, burner phones, prepaid cash cards, and incomplete registrations at a defunct eyeglass store where GBI strategies had set up an operation. It is an incredible report. I mean, this whole thing, it's like, I don't know, it's like a stash house or something. It's very odd how this whole thing worked. The report that was dropped the week uh, before the weekend is a massive development, and I'm going to read it to you. Lansing, authorities in Michigan referred a 2020 in- investigation into thousands of voter registrations submitted by a person in Muskegon to the FBI Attorney General Dana Nessel's office, and it was confirmed this week. 
Nestle's press secretary, Danny Wimmer, said the total number of suspected fraudulent forms delivered to the Muskegon clerk by the individual was 8,000 to 10,000 ahead of the November 3, 2020 presidential election. However, Wimmer said the attempted fraud was caught before Election Day because Michigan's election system worked and the applicants were not added to the state's voter rolls. The city clerk in Muskegon detected the fraudulent material provided and alerted the proper authorities. Wimmer said in a statement, a thorough investigation was conducted by multiple agencies within the state and no such successful fraud was perpetrated upon the state's election process or qualified voter voter file. The unresolved probe, which first became public in October 2020, has garnered new attention among conservative-leading websites in recent days after the Gateway Pundit highlighted police reports about investigators' efforts. The conservative website, which has advanced false and unproven theories, not that I've found, I've found them to be absolutely right on the money each and every single time, Um, in the past about voter fraud influencing Democrat Joe Biden's victory, wrote in its headline for a story, Now We Have Proof. However, officials in Michigan contented in recent days The incident was proof that election administrators are capable of catching and preventing wrongdoing when it is attempted. The person who submitted the registrations at the Muskegon clerk and Maisha's office was a representative of GBI Strategies, which conducts voter registration drives and is headquartered in the state of Tennessee, Wimmer said. Fraud was determined to have occurred at the lowest levels of the company, Wimmer said in a statement. For leading internal indication that was fraud was being perpetrated against GBI strategies by its employees to fabricate work product without conducting the work expected of them and not an explicit pursuant of the defrauding of the election infrastructure of the state. GBI strategies received about $5 million from Democratic groups and campaigns for canvassing, voter outreach, and other activities during the 2019-2020 election cycle. According to federal disclosures, Biden's presidential campaign and Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee were among those that reported expenditures to GBI strategies over the two-year period. Attempts by the Detroit News to reach the company were unsuccessful in recent days. In October 2020, the Michigan State Police first publicly revealed it was examining irregularities in voter registration forms in Muskegon. Gateway Pundit and other conservative websites have highlighted that bags of prepaid gift cards, guns with silencers, and burner phones were found during the search. But substantiating evidence of crime wasn't found during the search, Wimmer said. Detected in the search were pay cards, prepay-style cell phones, and voter registration forms, all determined to be normal operational devices in GBI Strategies' line of work, Wimmer said. Also found during the search were several firearms, which prompted a response from federal agents 
of the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. All detected firearms were determined by federal authorities to be legally owned and incidentally stored in the location by an employee irrelevant to the business purposes of GBI strategies. None of the materials seized resulted in further evidence of voter fraud. Meisch didn't respond to multiple requests for comment. The city of Muscon has about 38,000 residents, so 8,000 new voter registrations would equal about 21% of the population. The article confirms the Gateway's reporting this week, and they are continuing to go after this. Now, that was a piece. It was This report was dropped, and it's all in response to what they exposed this week. They are trying their best to act like this is not a big story, that this is totally normal. Where in the world have you seen anything like this play out before? So... The Gateway Pundit made the news, and this is being passed around. People know exactly what happened. So the mere fact that every single one of us will never, ever accept the election of 2020 is further proof and of it not being right. And that's what they're actually charging President Trump for, is that he denied the election results. Well, so did we, and we will continue to. Absolutely. So expect it to happen. I just don't want you all to be um, blindsided. Indictment watch. You've got the Marxist Fulton County DA, Fannie Willis, right, to present President Trump the um, 2020 case to the grand jury early next week. We expect that to happen. You've seen the pictures of them setting up the barricades and everything else. They are ready. You've got the the Marxist Fulton County District Attorney, Fannie Willis, which President Trump has has got a new fun name for her. It's really really kind of fun. Um, He is calling her Phony Fannie Willis. That's his name for her. So let's call her by her appropriate name. The Marxist Fulton County District Attorney, Phony Fannie Willis, will take her findings from her garbage investigation into Trump's efforts to challenge the 2020 election to a grand jury early next week. Former Republican Georgia, Georgia Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan told CNN on Saturday he was told to appear before the jan- grand jury on Tuesday to testify on Trump's efforts to challenge the 2020 election. Again, we're all questioning it. We never stopped questioning it. So you've got phony Fannie Willis is about to destroy the Trump campaign. And since Trump is the Republican Party's de facto leader, Willis will effectively obliterate the GOP by hitting Trump with racketeering and conspiracy charges. That's what she's scheduled to present. The corrupt Georgia Democrat prosecutor is going to charge Trump along with multiple defendants with her indictments next week, and the feckless Republican leadership is largely silent. According to the latest leak to CNN, phony Fannie Willis will seek more than a dozen indictments against Trump and the people in his orbit. The DA will use conspiracy and racketeering charges to sweep up multiple defendants at once. Just so everybody knows, they are turning President Trump into an absolute martyr. 
he is going to forever go down in history as the man that stood up for our country okay and he is truly the the symbol of hope and freedom because with what's going on in our government he's the only one that can fix it he's the only one that people trust enough to fix it we the people we're not even looking at any of the other candidates for 2024 not even giving them a second look president trump is just destroying everyone biden including included in the polls and it's a result of all of this that they've been doing so anyway i know who my guy is i know you know who your guy is um but we are far from this fight this is going to be something that is going to be ongoing we are going to need your participation hook up with scott pressler because we're going to need to make sure that everybody even if you have to hold your nose for the presidential race you're going to have to turn back into being a republican if you have a closed primary i had to bite the bullet and do it okay I am no Republican, not with this crowd running the show. I haven't been since January 6th. As soon as I saw the Republican Party not stand up for people that were standing up for their freedom of speech and for objecting to a stolen election, I never forgave the Republican Party. I'll never be able to forgive the Republican Party. And then the show trial and everything else that followed and now all of this and the fact that they aren't even using their powers of impeachment, I am not turning back. That's it. But I am only temporarily so that I can vote for my president of choice and it always brings a big smile to my face every single time I voted for President Trump. I have never had a hesitation. I have never looked back. I've never had a slight bit of, of remorse. I do believe that he is the man for this time in our country and we need to make sure that he gets elected. Absolutely. And in a landslide. We need a lot of cushion there because you know what? We're going to have busted water pipes and all kinds of things that they're going to try to put on all of us, just like they did the last time around. All right. They're going to expect for you to walk away from the game. And when you come back, they're going to be different results. We're not going to put up with that again. It's just not going to happen. So anyway, I want to thank everybody for joining me today. Burrito Boy, happy 40th episode. Yay! (laughs) We made it to 40. I know. It's been every Saturday we do this show. I love this show. I love hanging out with all of you. I like doing the deep dives. It's like I'm doing my homework out loud because I have to be ready for the next week where I do a show Monday through Friday. So it's it's great for me too. We get to kind of chill out. We get to relax a little bit until we get our blood pressure up and boiling. But we do have heroes and that was really kind of the point of today's show was to really shine some light on all of the heroes but the biggest one of them all president trump of course then i've got up true breed i love you jules but please keep it a secret (laughs) okay your secret is safe with me (laughs) and then we have zoe grant love you too true up true breed love you too zoe grant says biden is such an embarrassment to this country he makes me sick all of us i know i can't even watch the guy it's like watching poltergeist or something it's just he's so gross and the way that he sniffs people and women men it just doesn't even matter nothing is beneath him in fact real quick okay real quick mm, sidebar Former U.S. senator and foreign diplomat threatened to kick the shift out of Joe Biden for groping his wife. 
I kid you not. That's an article out by the Gateway Pundit. Here, you all don't have that. So let me just make your day with that. And I'll drop this one into your chat so that you can check it out. Yes, that happened. So you had former senator and U.S. diplomat Scott Brown told podcaster Tom Shattuck this week that he warned Joe Biden that he would kick the shift out of him if he groped his wife and the TV announcer Gail Huff. Senator Brown was sworn in by Joe Biden on February 4th, 2010. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. I like completely don't subject your your wife to this guy or your children. I mean, everybody needs to be hidden because this guy he ugh. Creepy Joe Biden. He doesn't get his name just because just because. He gets it. He's earned it. So then we have Mother of Pearl. Hubs is 55 today. Gotta take the guy out to celebrate. Love you and keep on spreading truth, Jules. You do it like no other can, and we are grateful for all you do. Love, Mother of Pearl. Then we have Redheaded Eagle, too. She says, Jules, with that gorgeous voice of yours, are we ever going to hear you sing, do karaoke? Oh, my gosh. I've never even tried. Okay. Let me. Can I? All right. I'm going to let you in on a secret. All right. I've been doing these little short clips, these shorts videos of President Trump and what he says. And I do not like the sound of my own voice. I know everybody goes, oh, really? Oh, huh? That's so cliche that you would say something like that because you have a great voice. I can't hear myself. In fact, if you were to ask any of my team that helped me put this show on, they will tell you that I don't even leave voicemails. I don't. I don't leave voicemails for my friends. I figure they see that I have called, but I do not leave a voicemail because I do not like the sound of it. So now that I'm having to do recordings, okay, live show is one thing. I can do a live show and never have to hear it again, right? I put it away. But these little shorts are driving me berserk because I have to hear myself. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that is awful. And I just don't like it. But I figure that it's more important to get President Trump's message out there than how I actually feel. I say to myself, it doesn't matter how you feel. Plus, I know that Rob Pligram has set up whatever it is. He will he will text me and say, hey, President Trump just put this out. You got to get on there. And so I'm saying to myself, Rob is expecting this. You're not going to spend all day on two sentences. You just need to get that out and move on to something else. So yeah, between you, me, and the post, I have had the hardest time with those things because, and thank goodness I have the pressure of thinking that Rob is waiting on it, even though he's not, that I just say to myself, get it out there and just move on. We're just not going to look back. But yeah, I, I can't stand it. It's, it's horrible for me. <laughs> anyway, so now you know. Now you know. Mm, no karaoke and no singing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know. I don't know how you could get me to even do something like that. But anyway, especially with how I am. But I'm surprising myself that I'm actually doing recordings because I've never done it before. And then we have Maris Four who says, I am amazed how you managed to say, stay so calm reading these. My voice would be shrill by now. That's another thing. Everybody says I sound calm. Are you kidding me? I am so upset. Generally, when, I, when I'm finished with a show... I just have to just push away from it because 
every single day I am reporting on all of this stuff and it is just not pleasant subjects I do not like seeing these crooks getting away with what they're getting away with I don't like the way they're treating the American people I don't like how they have you know, do what they do and are able to use our taxpayer money and against us I don't like any of it but you know what I feel like it's more important to get the message out than to ignore it and so if people like the sound of my voice okay I don't but if if they do great I'll use it if that's what what people think is going to help me change the minds of other people to take our country back from this cabal then yes, I will use it. I'll use it all day long. That's the reason why I do a show six days a week. I have no background in journalism, no background in broadcasting, nothing in communications as far as anything that I was doing before, but I love this country. And so if that helps, you know what? I'm all in. We, we, can't, we can't have this happen. We can't be allowed to continue. Let me just make sure I don't miss anybody else because I, okay, so that's the other thing. On the other show, everybody said, hey, how come you're not calling people out? You know, whenever they give a donation, I'm losing my chat room for some reason. But now that I've got Renee back, thank goodness, Renee McCurry is, she is fantastic. She's been out doing her thing, but now she's back home and she writes down all of the donations so I don't lose them so next Monday I'm going to call out I've got a semi list I did miss Thursday but I have a handwritten list of everybody that donated and I'll give you a shout out on Monday so I'm sorry about that I just don't know what happens as soon as I go to it it just disappears I don't know why I get this one I have no idea but anyway that's something to figure out Tristater72 says, you have an amazing voice, Jules. Like I said, I don't think so, but I think it's funny that you all do because you can ask anybody. I don't even leave messages for people. They're like, ooh, why so elusive? I'm like, because I don't want to hear it. And when it asks me if I want to repeat that, you know, hear if I have to leave a voicemail, if I would like to hear the message, oh no, uh-uh, I'm the first one to move on. No thanks, we'll not do that. All right, everyone. Well, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your weekend and push away sometimes when it gets to be too much. Just do something else, whether it is walking your puppy or or seeing a friend or just taking a walk or doing something for you. Make sure that you do that because this can be incredibly difficult to do. Doing it six days a week and you all are right there with me. I mean, most of you that are listening to this show Listen to my Monday through Friday show. So you're hanging tough with us. You're watching all of this. I see you on social media. I see how this whole thing is playing out. And I know it is getting to you as well. Don't let it. We have got an amazing group of people that we have been fortunate enough to be aligned with, that we've been fortunate enough to meet. Like-minded patriots, we're going to do great things. It's just we have to go through the process. So If you need to push away, push away and then come on back. We're always here for you. Thank you very much, Brian Calaruso. I hope I said that right. Brian J. Calaruso. I appreciate that. Thanks, you all, for supporting me. I love you so very, very much. I really do. And just know that we're in it for the long haul. I couldn't feel more blessed than just being able to know you. You're an amazing part of my everyday life. All right, you go have fun now. Be safe, be kind to one another, and I will see you later.
That here's a suggestion you can't resist A cool drink with ice is improved With some slices of lemon twist It isn't merely circumstantial evidence That the lemon is a highly healthful citrus fruit The most respected scientists agree with the physiologist That here's one You can't dispute Why don't you open your eyes Your psychosomatic ills won't persist If quick like a rabbit You latch to the habit of lemon twist Twist. 